And you only need to provide receipts if you're going to get audited. I feel like I'll get audited. I'm just waiting. No, you can verify. You'd be like, look, I work these days. Here's my days off if you want to see my... I'm just, you know? afraid. I'm just afraid, man. The man, the man like does not like the poor. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Though I'm slowly getting up there. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to start becoming the man. I'm climbing the corporate ladder. You Maybe are, the man. man. Look at we're drinking this fancy Willet $80 whiskey, rye whiskey. It's rye whiskey and it tastes good. That's how you know it's expensive. Yeah, the Willet, it's, like it's like a real exception among the ryes. Well, there's a couple that I like that we have There's a couple good ryes, but... Oh, but for rye's the most really, part, ryes are just like they're real bitter and they're real like this one has is this spicy. One, this one's got a lot more bite than I remember the last time. Yeah. Well, we were I think we were also like we also were d- really high when we, we started. We were two sheets to the wind as they say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh oh, we're recording. Hello mm-hmm. everyone. Welcome to Twin Shadows podcast. Podcast about film filmmakers and filmmaking brought to you always by Tom and Steve. Steve, how you doing, buddy? Well, I will uh, point out something that I realized we always forget to do. Oh, the and the ad <laughs> <We're read>. sponsored. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't think we've even had a single person visit the website. I think it even tracks that. No, I think we did. Oh, we did. I know I did it for the link. Oh, okay, that was probably you that it was because <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about just buying some through our our ad thing to see how that worked. Well, I was gonna put it up. Like, hey, if you guys want Liquid IV, you can use our promo code Twin Shadows Podcast or the link in the description. Yeah, so we are sponsored by Liquid IV, which I always say I'm going to bring over and I never did because I did buy some. Fuck that. (laughs) They need to give it to us. (laughs) All right, Liquid IV. So, but uh, if you guys want to try out like some good hydration and, uh, you know, some uh, vitamin restoring like powdery drink that you add to water. It aids in hydration. Jared said he's taken it a few times and it did help with his hangover the next day. Yeah. So. Yeah, he uh, he did our ad read better than we ever could. Much better. That's why they're the better version of us. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, not unfortunately, because they're awesome guys. But now that you guys know what, what what's out there, that's better. Uh, just remember, we, we, were, we were here first. <laughs> yeah, also remember, they don't have a podcast. We do. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not that I would, I don't really believe in, in podcast competition because uh, you're not a competitive person though, are you? I'm pretty <clears throat> competitive, but uh, just only when uh, situation has to strike. <coughs> Sorry. Yeah. So that's <laughs> smooth rye whiskey. So that means, I think that means you're not very competitive because no, I think competitive I people not, are competitive I'm All competitive. Yeah, I'm not competitive about most things. Uh, yeah. I think it's uh, fruitless. Because, That's definitely not a thing a competitive person would say. I uh, it, this is like probably like the most arrogant Uh-oh, question to this. Uh, I'm not that competitive because I've been really good at stuff, and I know I can recognize <laughs> like how hard some things are to be really good at, and yeah. I can respect that. Like I remember when I was trying to get really good at StarCraft, and I don't think I was ever really good. But I was definitely like in the top like 0.2% of players in the whole world. Really? You were that high up? Yeah. Damn, I was never that good at magic. Yeah. Um, like if there was like, because like, I would I was always on the brink of Grandmaster, which is the top 200 players. Wow. So I was always, I was always like right there on the, on my, uh, my ranking. 
And then like I, I mean, I remember I've taken I've taken games 0.2%? off two percent. Yeah, of all players wow, in the world, dude. That's insane. But that was still like the point oh two percent would ne- I would never take a game off of. Yeah. So I it, like the difference between that and that. I mean, that's when you get into anything competitive. That's a sport. Yeah. Right. I it's, was good enough to recognize how bad I was. <laughs> yeah. Which was like, oh Jesus, I I would have to work so hard to get better. Yeah, no, you got to give your life over to it. That's why I stopped playing Magic because at the time, the best player was Owen Turtenwald. Remember Dinosaur? Yeah, T-Rex. And he was saying he played 12 hours a day average every day. Yeah. And I was like, dude, well, I'm dude, not going to dedicate I remember that. We were like uh, practicing for like the PTQs and the um, Star Cities. We would uh, meet after work because I was working at the lab and we would, yeah. we would talk about magic. I know when I was at work, I would just watch videos all day. Yeah, I was watching the videos. I would, watch, vi- I would watch videos constantly of the deck that I was playing, like yeah. every little stream that I could get a hand on because this was just when like Justin TV and Twitch was really starting. Oh, yeah. And so like every, like, whole, I can't remember what that, the smelly Asian guy's name was. <laughs> remember? Because he uh, never wore deodorant. Like he was like. Oh, yeah. Thomas, Travis Wu. Travis Wu, yeah. I, I always think Damn, of, I, I forgot always, he existed. I always think about that because uh, he was like, yeah, you know, I'm always very natural and like I'm very clean, but I never wear deodorant and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, that's so stinky. Yeah, well, <laughs> like, that's what everyone said about him is that yeah. he always smelled bad. Yeah. Um, but I remember like and we were we would like so we were putting in some time and then we would play test like we, yeah. we would print poc, we You were printing proxies and we were play testing like the top eight decks. Yeah, and we were practicing like crazy, and then like you would just, I'm, you got top eight a couple times, and I, I almost got top eight once, and it was still just like, dude, the, we needed to play more and more and spend yeah. more money, and like, it's a grind, and then it's like, it's just you have to really, and it's like the same thing with filmmaking too, in a sense, because you have to give your everything of yourself, and yeah. this is something we talk about a lot, and I think this uh, part of that was just our experience in being in competitive spaces where you do see like what it takes for the elites to be the elites. You understand the discipline. Yeah. Cause with magic, I was probably doing on average six hours a day mm-hmm. and that was already a lot. And you know, I, by the time I got to six hours, I was fucking bored. <laughs> yeah. But you know, the nice thing about filmmaking is that yes, it is that competitive. Cause it's like, look at Kasusha's work compared to mine and Alex's. And then her work versus Roger Deakins. You know, there's levels to the game. And and so there's that high bar. And, you know, she got to where she's at because she is so dedicated. So much about photography and, you know, working that, learning it, becoming better at it. But the nice thing about filmmaking is that it's an art. Yeah. So it's always subjective. Yeah. Right? Because, I mean, some people will say the best movies ever made are marvel films oh yeah you know like a lot of people i wouldn't be surprised for a lot of people to say avengers endgame no infinity war is like the greatest movie ever a lot of people think oppenheimer even like like really great filmmaker like paul schrader the guy that wrote taxi driver and made uh, first reformed for a24 that movie with uh Ethan Hawke as the priest that like becomes like an eco-terrorist. That guy said that Oppenheimer was the greatest film of the last 100 years. No. <laughs> and I was just like, and I was like, huh? 
100 years? Taxi Driver wasn't 100 years ago. <laughs> That's your film, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you wrote one of the greatest films the last 100 years. What are yeah. you talking about? That's so that crazy. That is an interesting thing. What would you say is the greatest film in the 100? I don't even know what 100, that'd be 1923. I don't know what came out in 1923. Uh, since ni- uh, I guess that's like the the onset of all of film. Tokyo Story? So it's literally the greatest film ever. I'm going to say it would have to be either Citizen Kane or Tokyo Story, I think. I think it's Tokyo Story. Um, Tokyo Story was a film that I was not expecting. To be so great. To be what it was. Yeah. I mean, it's a movie, like, if you look at it from, like, as as from an outsider looking in, like, if you just went and plucked, like, your neighbor and you're like, come watch this movie about a Japanese family. Yeah. (laughs) They're going to just roll their eyes and they're going to... But if you give Tokyo Story its due, god damn, that movie will fucking punch you hard. And then you're just the it's so engrossing. It's the cinematography is so goddamn good. The editing is so goddamn every bit and of they constantly break the line in that film. Oh yeah. Every bit <laughs> of technique in that movie is flawless. Every I mean, just the way that the characters and the, how the story unfolds is so damn tart wrenching. Yeah, and you're and and because then you're like, yeah, you know what? I don't want to hang out with my parents when they come and visit <laughs> yeah. too. Like, fuck them, whatever. And then you, you, what happens happens, and you're just like, oh fuck, I should have hung out with my my parents more. And then the thing too is like they have the most the beautiful juxtaposition. It's the daughter-in-law, the one whose husband is missing in action. I don't think he's necessarily declared dead, no. if I remember right. So he's like missing in action, but she's still taking care of the in-laws. Yeah. And she's the only one that cares and she loves them. And like the in-laws are just like, like they respect and love her too. Yeah. And it's so heartwarming and touching. And like her, their kids, their biological children, their flesh and blood just treats them like garbage. Yeah. Like inhuman. Like they're literally so uh, mean and rude and callous <laughs> to their own parents. Yeah. And, and uh, dismissive. Yeah. And then... You know, they don't even really come around. No, it's, I mean, that's the whole point of it, right? And that's something I wanted to say, too. Like, uh, you know, as, in regards to filmmaking, you said, like, you can't just necessarily get better by, like, grinding the hours. Um, no, I think you can. I'm just saying that it's subjective, so. True, true, true. But what I, what I want to say is, like, the, one of the best ways to be a great filmmaker is to live a life. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's have, ha- storyteller, have, yeah. have a story to tell. I mean, if you're looking at it from like a technical as- aspect, there are, you can grind away and get better at cinematography. You can really understand angles, setups, uh, lighting patterns. You know, you can really understand the control of that technical aspect. But as a storyteller, you just really got to live life and tell stories. Yeah. So then how do you think you become a better storyteller in the sense that, yeah, you can live life so that'll give you the material to use, but that doesn't equate to a tight story. That doesn't equate to like good execution necessarily. Like the story could, it's in principle could be good, but not necessarily the construction of it. You know what I'm saying? Right. And that's where the second aspect comes in, which is the hours grinded in. And that's the, you got to actually tell the stories. You got to refine it. You got to write and rewrite and understand and really just, figure it out because yeah. um the, i think a lot a big problem is and this is something i was i wanted to well i guess we could do about it, talk about it now is 
I've been seeing that I think a lot of people are doing things in film that are cool just because they're cool. And I oh, don't yeah. think that's necessarily bad as a whole, but when that's like your thing and it, 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 there's something that just feels so inauthentic about it. Like I said, just the spectacle for the sake of it. Yeah. Doesn't it feel like so much of filmmaking or at least like especially modern or not modern mainstream filmmaking is just incredibly shallow. Oh yeah. Yeah. But also for a reason, right? Cause you know, there's two camps to view film, a product or art. Yeah. So if you're going to make a product, you want to make something that's easily easy to digest and translate in any language. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's why the Marvel films are so successful because you don't necessarily need to hear, know what they're saying. You can easily follow along and stay with the story and keep up with it. And that's going to kill it right in the box office as it has for the past, what, 15, 10 years? However long Marvel's been in existence. Dang. Well, when was Iron Man was what, like 2008? Well, there you go. Like almost 20 years. <laughs> it's a long time. You know? So, so there's that aspect to it and I I mean that's just a part of the industry we're in and you know depending I think on where you want to end up as a filmmaker you're going to have to navigate those waters and decide where you draw that line and what you do because I mean for instance for myself I don't want to be that big of a filmmaker where I'm making a Marvel film or anything like that I just want to do my little projects and then be done yeah, I want to tell my stories and make a living doing that. Yeah. That's, I don't like, yeah, I don't have delusions of grandeur. I don't want to be a celebrity. Uh, yeah. But I want to be, I want to make a living off being a filmmaker. That's, that's my goal is to be a filmmaker for like, I don't have a day job. Like my day job is planning to, for my next film. Yeah. And, and, and doing that because I think that one of the biggest problems is, is, uh, because we have all these uh, other dedications that we, you know, like we want to have a roof over our head and, you know, food in our bellies and things like that. Keep our families taken care of. Yeah, that we we sacrifice a lot of um, that time towards art. I remember I was jokingly telling you like, hey, if we both quit, Dickhead would be done in two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Right? And it, it, that's probably true. Yeah. Because if we actually just sat down and worked on it for eight hours a day, six days a week or something... It oh, would yeah. just be done. It would just it would just be done. Yeah. And and uh and the the thing is is like that amount of time is impossible almost to achieve. That we've it's like if you break it down how much we've worked on it, it's the same amount of time just spread out over years. Yeah. Cuz it's well, like it's like f- 5 hours here, 6 hours here, but one day a week. Yeah. Right? And like so like, you know, that's compared to like working on it 48 hours a week or something. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, so yeah. So what about you? Um <laughs> do you think it the same problem with that like doing things because they're cool also uh, infests and infects indie filmmaking? And then can you think of any like kind of examples? Oh yeah, Quentin Tarantino is a great example. He's definitely spectacle for spectacle's sake. Yeah. You know, and look at how many filmmakers try to emulate Tarantino. Does he do it in a way though that is more interesting because he's essentially a, bl- a blender of yeah, a filmmaker? He does, he does it in a way that's more interesting because he's a historian. Right. So his depth of knowledge is so much more vast than 
the average person. So when he's doing a film, it always feels novel. But then if you look into it more, you realize like, oh, well, he's just plucking from here and here and here. Now he is, he has a great sense of taste and curation and he knows how to pluck and, and how to fuck. Yeah. And maybe, and he, (laughs) he makes great films. I mean, I'm not, I shit on Tarantino a lot because it's fun to shit on the King. (laughs) No, it's just approach to filmmaking. I don't really like, or it's just people taking from others who did it better. But I mean, I can't deny like there's, there's really only one filmmaker right now where when they come out with a film, I'm like, I have to see it. And that's Tarantino. Like the last time I was really excited to see a film, because Chazelle's probably my favorite director right now, but the last time I was really excited to see a film was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I remember that buildup. I was like counting the days. I was like, man, I can't wait. I can't wait. And, you know, I think I definitely raised the bar too high for that film, but I wouldn't say it didn't deliver. Oh, no, that movie is great. Yeah, I would say I think he killed it. He made an amazing film. He's an amazing filmmaker. It's just, I don't don't like that approach to it. You know, it it just rubs me the wrong way personally. Not to say it's wrong or bad. I mean, obviously, look at Tarantino. He's one of the great filmmakers. He will be one of the great filmmakers in history. And I think the way he's done it is genius. Because I think um, deciding, like, he's stopping with his next film. So he's not going to have like those Twilight weird years. Like he's not going to Coppola it. <laughs> or Hitchcock, right? Even, well, Hitchcock was... Uh, Hitchcock in a, is in a league of his own because he made like 300 movies. No, it was 100. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he made 10 times more movies than Tarantino. Yeah. Like, yeah, right? Like, I like, and well, that's only the movies. He has like, he had like a TV show. Yeah, I used to watch that all the time. Right, that he wrote and produced. He wrote that? He wrote a lot of the episodes. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought it was just, you know, he was the uh, f- the face for it. He uh, he mostly is, but he did write some of the episodes. Oh, wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, But I I think that's, that's really wild. So do you think then maybe uh, the problem is, is that people aren't like that level of historian. So like, when they are pulling, it's just like everyone's always pulling from the same pool. Or is it that they're pulling from pools that already have pulled from other things? And it's like the dilution is like, now we're like 99% water. Like, where's the booze? Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> they keep taking from shallower and shallower waters, right? I mean, Tarantino has a vast wealth of knowledge. Like, there's countless hours of him watching these films. You know, it's like someone who reads tons of books. You can see the product of that effort mm-hmm. and same with him you know i mean i think other filmmakers could be could have that wealth of knowledge if they invested the time but it's hard man he, he probably watches them are at his peak he was probably watching one to two movies a day oh i would say more than that maybe I mean, even more because he worked at a video store so yeah. you know i'm watching like one movie a week and even that sometimes is like oh i don't want to watch a movie and that's the most easy thing to digest right because yeah. it's completely passive yeah. You know, it's like listening to music. You just hit play, dude. But yeah, I do like six movies a week. I, I try to do at least five on the weekend. <laughs> well, because I'll stay up until like four in the morning just watching movies because I, I have this weird feeling where I'm just like wasting my life. <laughs> so you just watch movies. I just, to... I, just, I, just, I just capitalize. Yeah. And that's really I just that's what I like to do. And it uh, it feels so good to like just 
because I feel like the more that we do these this podcast, the more we talk about movies, the more I'm enjoying watching movies. Oh, absolutely. And the more I'm also enjoying just every kind of movie. I I like I'm finding value in what even if it's like, oh, you know what? I don't really like this, but it's like, oh, okay, that was interesting. How did that how did that work? Like how why in Oppenheimer do some of the shots work so well? But then all of a sudden you're like, what? Wait, no, it's not working at all anymore. Like, mm-hmm. like, and then understanding that, like, to me, I, don't get me wrong. Oppenheimer's not a bad movie. It's a six out of 10. It's above average. It's probably the best film this year. Oh, well, I haven't seen Barbie. But from what I've seen. It and Barbie are, are ranked exactly the same for me. Okay. Well, at least for myself, I would say Oppenheimer's probably the best film this year that I've seen. You know, um, that's not necessarily saying a lot no <laughs> you know but it was just something i was thinking about because you know i try to go and watch like i'm gonna go watch three movies tomorrow and then i'll probably watch like three or four more on sunday and and then then i'll just be like you know what and then i've, I've been lately just really wanting to get like and go and make something yeah because i've been just thinking like man you know we could probably make a really cool little horror film like like a really attention grabbing little film you gotta start scratching that itch yeah, and it's like, I've been like, ooh, could we do it? Because one of the big motivators is, especially when we have Jared and Clark on, always just makes me oh, want to yeah. get back in and make movies. Makes me want to edit and stuff like that. So it's like, every time we talk to them, it's always like, a, it, they light, they really ignite the fire. Every time we have a, a filmmaker guest on, it does that. But Jared and Clark, because I, I've, I've always felt as like, they're like our peers yeah. uh, to a degree. And like, I just, you know, absolutely adore those guys. Um but the big thing too is, I don't know if I should rock this. I can edit it out. I always feel like he's just kind of there, and I, maybe this is just an over criticism, and because I, I don't know him, I know you've worked with him a little no. bit. Oh, you haven't worked with him? No, man. If I had to work with that guy, I'd be like, I'm out. Looks oh. like a fucking asshole. Now uh, <laughs> I'll cut out the name. So this is someone we're talking about that runs in similar circles. Yeah. Uh, but let me ask you this in response to what you said earlier, where you said doing that grind of filmmaking, because this person is very active, always shooting, always working. I, from what I've seen, I don't see an improvement, but the person acts like they're amazing. Or maybe they just have a confidence and we're just reading it wrong. But certainly the person's very busy, although I don't see... The quality, for instance, like there was uh, Steven and Joe, Joe, and dude, I'll see their work. It's like, damn, these guys are going to fucking make it like they just got to keep at it because they're really good, especially Joe's uh, camera work. I mean, yeah, Joe, every time he posts like this is the short I'm working on, I'm like, God damn. And then Steve just posts something um, the other day, a short that he worked on. And I was like, God damn, dude, you guys are good. Like, you guys are great. I love those guys. Yeah, like they just. And you can see their progress. Like they are yeah. getting better. And it's like, damn, like that's the effort put in. But with this other person we know we're talking about, he's constantly shooting films, but there it doesn't seem like there's any learning that's happening. Yeah. It's I so think what's the deal with that? Shouldn't he be that, getting better, Lynn? I think that's just a big fear and also just um what happens when you're bad. I I so there's just some people that are bad and there's no hope. Is that I definitely oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I think that's most people, and that's a big fear of mine. That you're is, one of them. It's that uh, 
is not knowing <laughs> that I'm mm-hmm. one of them. And maybe that's like an imposter syndrome, self-doubt, self-pity, well, that's whatever. A good, that's a good fear to have, though. Uh, it can, I think it can be healthy to a certain degree because if you can acknowledge that you might not be good enough, you can free yourself to just be like, hey, I'm just going to make stuff. Well, not just that, but you put in the effort. I'll, Hopefully. Let's look at Dickhead, <laughs> for instance, with you in regards. You could have put Dickhead out with the first cut, and it would have been okay. And then your imposter syndrome really would have shot up because you'd be like, damn, why doesn't anyone else like this? It's great, <laughs> isn't it? And like, I don't know, buddy. But certainly seeing the extra effort we're putting into it and extra time, like, yeah, granted, it's eight years. And, you know, when we had Jared and Clark on, they were saying, dude, just release it. Because they understand it's like, it's your first film. You guys have no money. <laughs> Get your head out of your ass. It's not going to be that good. You kind of need to move on. Yeah. And they're right to oh, an extent. Yeah. They're right big time. But then at the same time, it, the way I see it, it, this is our business card. And this represents us completely. And we should exhaust all the time in the world that is necessary for this. Necessary being the keyword. And also as a result, I think we have seen the fruits of that time gap, you know, that, or not time gap, but just of the time that it's taken. And, you know, if we can fix the technical issues that we have in post, like with sound and color and lighting and all of that, because you got to hear what they're saying and that doesn't necessarily come across right now because the audio is so bad. Uh, you can hear what they're saying. We know what they're saying. <laughs> Because we wrote the script and we've seen the clips a thousand times yeah. and we've had to put on full blast to just hear. No, yes. Yeah. But at least, but we, I don't can, think but a, at least we heard. <laughs> I don't think a general audience would catch a lot of the audio words at now and they need to, you know, for this film yeah. to do well. But I think that if, if we hit the marks we're trying to hit, it's going to, it's going to show. I, I oh, can't yes. say it's going to be good, but I think it'll show and I think that's where the imposter syndrome is good because I think that if you're just too confident, you release it and it's like, nah, it should have been edited a little better because, you know, there's a lot of other of our peers who do release their work. And a lot of times I'm just watching and like, why wasn't the edit better? Why is this scene in here? Why are we cutting to this shot now? Why, why, why? And it's not to say their work, their, the story is bad necessarily. It just could be better. It, it could have been a lot better if more time was spent. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess the steel man, Jared and Clark and uh, what, and kind of what uh, Jared was saying. And, well, at, at least for us, it's been an invaluable education, the time that we've spent, but there's definitely, there was definitely like a, a couple gaps like if, that were, it was just like, it, one, it was just literal like mental breakdown, exhaustion. Yeah. Like there was just a point after where I was just like, I didn't want to think about the movie. I didn't want to. Yeah. And it was just like, I was just like, oh God, that really like ripped me apart. Um, And then we went with bleep. And then that, that kind of ripped me apart. And uh, again, and I know I'm calling out names, but I don't know, maybe Steven can go bleep or some shit like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but I mean, at the same time, it's like, you know, once we went to the cabin, that was really a huge turning point in everything. 
Yeah, it revitalized we, us for it, sure. It was just kind of like, hey, you know what? Let's just put everything aside, no distractions, and go and work on it. And then like four days, we made like six years worth of progress. Yeah, like you said, right? We only work for a few hours every week, which is true. And within those few days at the cabin, we put in what, 30 hours? Oh, or I think a little um, under 30. I would say 30 hours is probably fair because it uh what we our goal was to cut do a full cut of the movie from scene one to end of the film and it's not necessarily a full cut because it was more like uh just picking up from the previous cut right so it was well, like had, it was I like a started. redraft i had started oh really yeah it's completely blank yes oh but we still knew where a lot of pieces fell though yes right no, no, no. We definitely, it definitely was not like we, I, it wasn't I had, like seeing the footage for the first time. And, no, no, no. Yeah. I cut, I've cut the movie like twice before. Um, and so like, I definitely could speed scenes along mm-hmm. because I knew and then knew what uh, you like. And did. then I you know to compliment Benny, like he had helped immensely as like essentially editor, assist, ed, assistant editor going through and marking, uh, sync, uh, sync uh, points and everything like that, allowing us to just really work quickly with the footage. Yeah, sync sync the audio real fast. Yeah, so essentially there's just markers and tags so we can just drop in the audio real quick and, you know, we can work with the scenes instead of like having to slowly set up, you know, stretch it out, find the, sl- the slate. You know, yeah. Because like, that's what we were doing before and it's like, it's agonizing and, you know, we didn't have any scratch audio so we couldn't use anything like plural- pluralize or anything like that. Yeah. So, you know, you know, lessons learned. Always, lessons learned. Always plug a microphone into your camera. <laughs> Even if you if you have one already, like that's what I like about the Black Magic is the onboard mic is like really nice. It's really solid for it, yeah. just being on board, yeah. Yeah, and so like it's very usable uh, for editing. Like you don't yeah. really have to worry about the post sound. Like as long as that's labeled, you don't, you can just dr- drop the clips in. It's so much faster yeah. than having to mess around with like grouping and all that shit. Um, it's like it's like five less clicks times five hundred. Yeah, right. Which really adds up to serious twenty five thousand clicks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> your mouse will thank you as much as your brain. Uh, but to go on the tangent that I'm going on is like, man, it was, it was just uh, a point where um, the lesson that was needed to learn was cut the bullshit. Let's just do the work. And get it done. Yeah. Because it was like, we, we don't need an editor. We don't need this. We don't need that. Let's just meet, cut, and get the movie done. And it's in a place that is so... And, and, I, and I, I, I talked about this before, but it is such a goddamn <laughs> heartbreak that people won't know how bad it was <laughs> when they see how oh. bad it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. that Yeah, that'll be heartbreaking. Where they're like, yeah, this movie sucks. It's like, it took you, you guys eight years. You have no idea. Like, they, like have, uh, they have no idea. Like, it, the horror show. Like, I, I I think we still have that render of what that one of the editors did. And it's just like, I literally just was like, it's over. It's over. It's done. Like, we we failed. Let's, <laughs> let's just, you know, put this in the back hold and just start making another project or something. Because... Yeah. It felt unsalvageable. And I, I just cause remember thinking like, oh, maybe this is we maybe we just made a mountain that we couldn't climb, but you know, buddy, you were there with the oxygen. <laughs> you like, sherp you sherped me over that goddamn cliff. One rock at a time, buddy. Yeah. You know, and we're still on the ascent. But yeah, it, 
and I think that's when it's good in that respect, taking that time with it. Because, because if we didn't, then it would be shelved to the back. Or now, you know, I'm going to stand behind this film and be proud of it if it reaches where I want it to be. Which, it's just, you know, there's so many technical issues that it's like, we got we to gotta find someone who, who knows how the expertise of fixing that, like audio. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, pretty much if we get the audio fixed, I'm pretty fine. Yeah, everything else is pretty damn good. Yeah, like uh, yeah. If I mean, even if we have to grade it, I don't really mind. I think we can do it. We it can would do t- it. I it would don't take. Wanna, a, it I would, don't want to do it. It would take a lot longer. Um, I don't want to do it. I'll be honest. I don't want to do it just because I'm not sure if we can get it. Would you where not, it needs to be? Would you? Hi, here's a question. Would you not want to do the grade of the film? Would you want to do the grade of the film if the only thing that we could afford would be something that of your that you could do? Like you feel is at a quality that is, that you can accomplish. Like we're not getting like this super professional colorist. We're just getting a colorist that we can afford. But because they would be putting the work in and getting it on time with uh, deadlines, would you rather pay for it even though it's a, a work you could do yourself? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially now in post. That's where I fatigue out, man. But also, I think this is where I'm at with paying someone versus doing it ourselves. Because, you know, I was listening to this really good YouTube video on rap music and they had one of the rappers, they did a little soundbite of him and he was like, man, and I was trying to go to all these um, studios, you know, and sound mixers and they were charging me all this money. And he was like, fuck that. I'm just going to do it myself. And he taught himself how to mix his own record. And that's, and, and he said, because no one else is going to put in the time and passion that I'm going to put in. No one's going to try the things I'm going to try. No one's going to make the mistakes I'm going to make. They're just going to, you know, streamline it. Or, you know, they have a more linear vision. And and that's where I'm at with anything else from post on. Like, if we can, if the difference is we, we hire someone out, like, let's say to do the, the coloring. Mm-hmm. We hire someone out to do the coloring and they do an okay job versus us deciding to do it ourselves. And we do a much slower job, but the end result is a lot more interesting, then yeah, I'm going to say let's us do it. So basically, we have to find someone who's going to work cheap and who's going to dedicate themselves complete to this project, which is probably impossible to find because mm-hmm. we're the only ones attached to the project like we are. Right. So, I mean, look how it was with the edits. Yeah. Right? Yes. They, they edits, an edit of the film was completed. Yeah. But it wasn't our edit and you know we were really willing to do a lot of things different you know we we cut scenes out we move scenes around we rearranged shot orders you know we we really got in there and delved deep into it and sure maybe a professional could do what we accomplished but they would probably be a a, like very expensive i work (laughs) on marvel films kind of an editor yeah you know, where they have such a wide knowledge base that they know like, oh, you know, this actually should be here and they can break down a story like. Like what they make per project is what we would have spent making five dickheads. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, so I mean, I'm sure that person is out there who will, who just has that wealth of knowledge and ability. But, you know, the reality is we didn't, we couldn't find an editor who was going to do what we needed them to do and accomplish what we needed them to accomplish. And it took us to do it. 
So if that's what it's going to take for the other areas of post, yes, I will do it. I will learn it. But I'd rather not just so it gets out there, it gets done faster. Yeah. And and we can move on. And also, you know, they're going to have a lot of the thing. They're going to have a, a, a bigger knowledge base than us. Right. That was the thing I wanted to bring up too. And like about the editing is we are not professional editors. We have to teach. We were teaching ourselves and working on it and practicing and doing the edit over and over. We've recut scenes 20 times, 15 times, just completely taking out every shot and trying yeah. to put every shot in. We've looked at it all a thousand times. And like, we're literally, we're like, just like, we're picture locking through exhaustion almost at a point where it's just like, yeah. it's like, can we, should we, can we do anything with the scenes? Like we've exhausted every shot, every take, yeah. right? Like, unless we completely like uh, re-imagine uh, scenes like with like pulling in shots or angles or something like we're pretty much like that's how much we've exhausted of the footage. Yeah. And so with that in mind, it's like then we have to edit it to a point where it's really good. Like we've ex like we know what, what shots work. We know how to and then it's like now we have to fit them together and then we have to like pace the movie and figure all that out, too. And b before it was just I remember thinking I can't edit this movie. Like when we were shooting, I was like, this is a, this is a movie. Like there are people here that like are actually really good at what they're doing. Yeah. Like I'm not, I can't edit this. Like this is too good for me. Like, and then, you know, now looking at back, I, I feel like I'm way more confident of an editor. Um, I don't, I'm not, I don't fear it at all. Yeah. If I need to just sit down and cut something, I can just cut it together. Yeah. Um, I do think just a big thing too is, it's editing is very momentum based. It's very much like writing. Yeah. Where it's very momentum based. Like the problem is, is like when we like, we'll do it for like three, four hours on a, like on a Friday, we have to like start up and build up. Cause normally it's like, it's always kind of rough. And then we're kind of like bickering, like, no, not that one, this one. But then by, <laughs> and then by the end, it's just like, you know, we we're like doing the fusion dance, but we keep fucking it up. Yeah. And then eventually like we actually get the dance right and we're like fusion ho and then it's just yeah. like and then it's just like boop, 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 boop. and then in, the, in that last hour that we had to warm up to we like actually make huge strides and accomplish things where like those like 2 3 hours where it's just like we're cold and right and it's like you have to kind of like get back into it which but it's like if you're just always doing this right like you said it's gym reps. I mean not necessarily in the point where the quality of the editing but like actually just getting into the process of it, being able to not fatigue out the stamina, yeah. you lose the stamina. And I mean, I'm sure, of course, there's probably like freaks out there that like, well, I can just, you know, uh, two clicks and I'm done. Like, okay, all right, whatever, Sergio Leone, like suck my dick, you know, but yeah, you know, that's not me. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not, I am not the uh, 0.2% filmmaker like I was in <laughs> StarCraft. Yeah. Uh, I cannot do that. Like it, I think every, everything uh, for dickhead, we've had to fight, strike, uh, struggle, you know, claw every inch. We, you know, buried our nails. We're down to our goddamn bones and our fingers. It's just goddamn Skeletor reaching up and pulling himself <laughs> over that hill. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, it really has like kind of killed us in a sense. And then when you find, when, when people that listen to this podcast, like I hope, 
someone in in the history of the universe, someone listens to this episode and then watches Dickhead. <laughs> They're like, these fucking assholes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they fucking sold me on this shit. And my biggest hope, my biggest dream, my biggest wish is that someone in the universe listens to this episode and watches it and it, uh, appreciates just a little bit yeah. what we tried to bring to the table. Because when I watch the movie, I'm like, I there really aren't isn't a movie like this. There are not movie, Halloween. There are movies. No, <laughs> not like we are. We're wearing the clothes of Halloween, but like we're like a big titted awesome like bitch, you know, like <laughs> awesome bitch. <laughs> we're yeah, like we or Halloween is like you know a, a real sexy dude. He's a he's a Chad, right? Halloween's <laughs> a Chad, you know. And we're just like trying to be the bitch at the ball, you know, like trying to get laid with the nerds at the punch table. And like, that's who we're hoping for, right? We're not going, we're not getting, we're not getting the Stacy, you know, like the cheerleader lady, whatever it yeah. is. Like that chick, she's going home with, she's going home with Chad, dude. Michael Myers is boning her. But yeah. we, you know, we might be able to give a hand job to like Emilio over there in the corner, you know, like getting the punch, the one, the non-spiked punch. <laughs> and that's my dream. <laughs> That is but a humble dream. Uh, the Willet, I think things are tar- starting to take over a bit. Well, I know the Rice Krispie Treat's taking over. The dry mouth on these, dude. Is, have you noticed like extra extra dry mouth? I think it's probably the whiskey. It's probably because it's so strong. Oh. It's yeah. like sucking up all the moisture. I know, dude. I'm like, gee, holy crap. Because when uh, like, last episode when we had that, dude, my dry mouth, I could my lips were stuck to my gums, you know, like where they curl in and yeah. get stuck. I was like, shit. <laughs> look like you're doing like a racist character <laughs> but yeah with so, dickhead sorry um, i ranted about steven it's your turn you go you're, no that's fine your turn to rant no that's fine i had a rant but i forgot like i said the rice crispy treats hitting but yeah i mean it, it it i don't know it it can be scary i think it can be scary just not knowing how far off base do you think i am i think you're a little whimsical oh i think so too i think that uh buries deep into the romanticism at least i know i i think we both have a really heavy romantic uh romanticism hold on let me let me put it this way do you play baseball at all no you know baseball i know you know the of baseball right yeah okay so you know what a grand slam is yeah that's when bases are loaded and you hit a home run yeah that's what you think you're about to okay i'll give you i'm not even i'm not even getting a double I'm hoping that the the whoever is because uh, I can't even run, so I have a pitch hitter <laughs> or whatever a bat hitter. I know that was a big controversial ruling where like the hitters don't even run anymore, right? So I'm like the big fat guy that comes up to plate. I'm like huffing and puffing. Sorry, I'm, I'm taking over your analogy here, and I I'm just trying to roll with it. But uh, and I smack my my you know the bat on the on the plate there, and the dust flies up. The little clay is like getting in my teeth, and I'm like yeah. <laughs> And I get I get a ball, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, yeah, I got, you know, I got three more chances, all right. And then he, the pit. I'm just hoping the pitcher hits me. <laughs> well, I'm that- so fat. I'm hoping the pitcher just swipes my titty off, dude. And that's that's my whimsy. <laughs> yeah, I would say that's close to what I was gonna say because I I feel like you essentially see it like you're hitting a home run. I don't see it like you, that at all. You are. You're doing that Homer Simpson. You know the. The slow mo, yeah. and then do 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 do. You hear the yeah. hit of the ball, do do do. Yeah, and then you just see it repeating. Yeah, as it slowly, and everyone's like, oh, oh, oh. and to everyone's shock, 
it passes the law and it's home run. <laughs> but in reality, you're just bunting it. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, doot, doot, doot. yeah. <laughs> but I would say this that. Uh, uh, and and the reason why I feel this, in all honesty, is because you're getting too excited too soon. Because where it's at now, yes, we appreciate it because we know the story behind the scenes and the journey. But if people watch it, you can't hear audio. Uh, even the edit, it's not there. It's too fast-paced. The coloring's all off. Oh, the coloring's way off, yeah. You know, there's a lot of other issues that it needs work with that would draw anyone out of it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So I think that if we can hit what we imagine we can hit at the end result, then perhaps, yes, it is now time for you to to celebrate. But also with that said, if we hit the marks we hit, I don't care if it is successful. I know I'm going to be proud of it. Oh, yes. Because I know that's fucking good. Okay. It's in my, I'm like William Friedkin, rest in peace. He just passed away. Oh, yeah. Oh, Rest in peace. But he always said Sorcerer is his best film. And Sorcerer is definitely starting to gain some I fucking love that movie. Now. I think I tried to make you watch it. Do you think you did watch it on my recommendation? I've been wanting to watch it, yeah. Oh. I still have it. Yeah. Remember, I watch a movie once a week, and usually <laughs> it turns out to be Mission Impossible. Oh, no. <laughs> Just watch Sorcerer this week. <laughs> but. You're going to the dump. It's perfect uh, analogy. <laughs> That's true. But. You know, for him, yeah, it probably is true that he that that for him that that is his best film. Obviously, that's what he's saying. Um, I don't know what my point was. Damn it, I just lost it. But anyways, yeah, if we can hit the marks we think we can hit, then yeah, I'm going to be very proud of it. And that, you know, then it's up to people to receive it however they want. But it's like I did. We accomplished what we set out to and more, because already with the edit. To see it real, to see it as a movie from script, from when we were imagining in our heads, putting the words to paper, to now this thing that we have shot, it's like, damn, yeah, like this is becoming that movie that it was always meant to be. Different, surprisingly different, in some ways painfully, in some ways uh, thankfully. I will say there are some scenes now when I watch them, I'm like, this is... Good. And and, and I don't I mean that in like, oh, wow, we actually like uh, that scene that we do. It's like actually a scene now. Yeah. Like that's yeah. uh, the scene with Audra. That scene just hits so differently now. Yeah. It hits like and you're like, well, we had intention and it, and it intended. Yeah. <laughs> the intended intention is there. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> yeah. And then when you watch those, because before. I remember, so there, the the staging, I, I can tell a quick story. The timeline <laughs> of like the edit uh-huh. was like, okay, I did a rough cut. And it's and it was like, okay, Stephen made a bunch of notes. And we were like, let's see if we can get something better than this. Because it was it was very rough, but it was it was too like the timeline in the script. It was very much almost like a, an assembly cut. Yeah. This, then this, then this, then this, and this. Well, not really. With, no, and no. Because I, I say what you came out with, and this is me, in my opinion, but it was, it was good. It was hopeful. It was, when, you know, I I just finished the Sidney Lumet book, uh, Making Movies. Yeah. 
And when he talks about the dailies and he says, like, yeah, I'm seeing the, co- the shots and I know I'm onto something. Mm-hmm. And seeing your cut, it was like, okay, yeah, we, we got something here. Not necessarily what we wanted, but we, we already knew that since the first day on set, right? Where we had this vision of, uh, for instance, for me, like how the houses looked, you know, and then showing up and then seeing how the houses looked. Oh, yes. And I was like, well, sometimes it feels like a set, <laughs> you know, uh, to me, in a bad way. But then sometimes, because in my head, it was, it, you know, it's a real house. It's just someone's room. It's not mm-hmm. a set. You know, are are the clothes, you know, just to... I would say from uh, idea to film, I would say it was like 95% accuracy from like what I envisioned. Oh, not me. Like 5% accurate. Not me. But as long as the story was happening in the way it was supposed to, you know, it was really a pale imitation of what's in my head. But, you know, what's in my head, it, it's real. You know, what's in my head, Jennifer, our protagonist, she's a real person. Who I got attached to. Yeah. You know, what's, but, well, yeah, but, what's well, in my head is, you know, with our ending, that really happens. And and so there's that extra element of of well, just that 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 real element there. When and then when you're on set, you know, you have the lights there and the camera position, and it's like, oh, okay. This of course it can't be real because it's a fictional story. So there is already that separation, like that that um getting hit with the bat of reality oh yeah i mean like to me like at least what i what i had imagined like when i would watch the movie in my, in my head when we would talk because we'd always sit at like the kitchen table and we would write and we were just like we would write each, we'd each write and then we would meet up and then we would go over each other's writings and then like we would like write like tear the shit out of it and like write jokes yeah we wrote way too many jokes <laughs> I think, uh, and they all made, a lot of them made it in. (laughs) No, I think that's great we did that. I honestly think that's a saving grace we did that. Because if we would have made this more serious, like I think how it kind of, well, it never was serious, obviously, when we came up with it. I mean, no, our killer has bandages around his head because autoerotic asphyxiation and he gets off when he murders people. That doesn't make it into the movie necessarily. It was, it's very hard to sell that because- there was definitely a cowardice when it came to how like sexually explicit we would want it to be. Well, also I think that could be cheesy, you know. If you and, don't, if oh, you don't do yes. it right, you're going to run into some cheesiness, and it's like I'd rather avoid that. You yeah, know? yeah, and it would, but there was definitely because I mean we cut things out where in hindsight I'm like, God damn it, why did we listen to people? Why did we cut it out like this? Like, because oh, when, yeah. when we watch in the film, you're like, oh, remember that scene that how we wanted to do it like that. And what, it, how what much I want that to be one of the takes, and it never is. Yeah, there's a, a certain reassurance to the writing, right? Because it's like, oh, well, if this was actually done the way it was written in the script, yeah, probably would have been a lot better. The what do uh, you know? The emotional amplitude that I was looking for in that scene required what I wanted, but we got talked out of it. Yeah, and not by the actors. By it was just when we were just like. Showing oh, it was ourselves most of the time where it's like, dude, we got to wrap today. Let's just do it this way and fuck it. Well, not that too, but also it was just like, I think it was just like, oh, we can't show this. People, this would be too extreme or something like that. Um, and where, uh, but the thing I'm, the scene I'm thinking of in particular, uh, we like Margarita had read it and she was like, this is too, like, 
there's too many swearing. There's like he's swearing oh. too much here. You know what scene I'm talking about? Oh, absolutely. Once you say that, yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah, so it, it was just like you guys got to cut down on what he's saying because we wrote like it was, it was just like you dirty fucking cut like you fucking bitch I'm fucking like, yeah right? it was and, like fuck over a hundred times and, and it was saying like every, every derogatory derogatory bad word, word you can say on a film and not get in too much trouble <laughs> and pro- and problematically too towards the female towards the female too <laughs> and you know he's this uh, white knight that's supposed to then be paid by the princess and he's not yeah. Oh, we should probably cut that out, huh? No. No? No. So No one's going to listen to this. That's true. <laughs> and anyone that listens to this is going to watch Dickhead. <laughs> and honestly, yeah, you know, and, and that's when we need to listen to ourselves because the reason why people talked us out because it was too extreme. It was too much. That's what I mean. And it, it wasn't was, us that were saying it was too extreme. Yeah, but it was meant to be. Exactly. And honestly, if you if the audience would have seen that, because with the way the scene works now, it's kind of, I think it's kind of playing more naturally, where it kind of happens and then it's over. Yes, it, it plays very more real life-like, which take that as you will. Yeah. But I think if it had that original element, it would have silenced the audience. It would have put them in an uncomfortable space. We probably would have, upset people like just kind of taking them out of it but like whoa what the fuck is happening now like <laughs> this was not this film throughout the entirety and now all of a sudden this but that was what we wanted that was exactly that was the that was the turning point exactly but we also realized and why we were able to be talked out of it because we knew how risky it, it was right because it's that's like, what oh, i'm okay. saying this that's what i'm saying the cowardice came in because i don't think that's cowardice because maybe it's not but it's definitely it was Definitely a lack of uh, confidence. I don't know about that. Because, I mean, look at... Uh, because think look, about well, it now. Hold on. Look In at, hindsight, think about it. Look how we're talking about it. We no. were, we're fools for not even doing a take of it. Like, like one take. Oh, yeah, absolutely. For not doing one take, sure. But I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll say this. Right? Yeah, because it doesn't hurt to just take the take. Yeah. But we also were meeting resistance. But anyways. That's what I'm saying is, though, if we were just like... But anyways, what yeah, I want to say, sorry. though... Is look at Billy Wilder, right? He didn't know how the audience would react, right? Remember, he was talking the article we read about him, yeah, where he talked about uh, some like it hot, and you know that classic line, you know, well, well, I'm a man, well, nobody's perfect, <laughs> yeah, you know, and they were like, oh god, we couldn't think of anything more better or clever to say, so we just left essentially the working generic line, mm-hmm. and that got the biggest laugh from the audience completely. And they themselves thought it was going to be this flatline dud. And they were kind of dreading how the audience was going to receive that final joke. And so what I mean is, I think we have the real understanding that, yeah, sometimes maybe we're wrong. Oh, definitely. I think I'm wrong most of the time. And I have to come around to being right. Yeah. And, you know, we, we were surrounded by people we trust and respect. So we took their... uh their points of view to great consideration and rearrange the film around that. And I would say, you know, if we did use that and we did put in the film where he's like, fuck, 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 fuck. And it did get played. That's risky because the audience might fall dead and be like, okay, so you guys are misogynistic, right? And I'm like, whoa, 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 uh, no, 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 no. That's, that's not what we're trying to do. You guys are little sexist fuckers. 
And this is what happens when the girl doesn't give you what she wants, huh? That's who you guys are. And why is it so <laughs> gratuitous? It's just gross. It's pornographic because it, it's pointless. That could be the risk. Whereas where it is right now, it's fine. No one's going to complain. To me, uh, well, when you said it like that, I, it makes me feel way worse because I think we needed to take the risk. And I think the risk was worth taking, especially... Buddy, the, we're already taking a lot of risks. In, in the context of the film, the message that that would send is it just puts everything... It just would have been the cherry on the cake. It would have been the... this like Right? It would have been the uh, cream fresh, whatever. It would have been... Right, the frosting, whatever it, because the thing is, is like we don't directly, and this is what I love about at least our writing and in general is we're not shoving any messages down anyone's throat. Really, it's just a slasher. Well, we we are, but we're not. It's there. We're not shoving it down their throat. That's right. If you want to see it that way, hell, if you want to talk about it, please do. Yes, exactly. We're not shoving anything down anyone's throat. It is a slasher with. Uh, with layers, yeah. right? It is the slasher onion. Um, that's what the podcast is. But see, or that's I, what I, the movie is. That's what Dickhead is. <laughs> that's what the podcast is too. <laughs> yeah. Yes, slasher with <laughs> with onions. But I think you also have to look at it like you want to get that firecracker, that bottle rocket you bought in Mexico that's supposed to go in the tube and shoot out and be this awesome explosion that's really legit. Like, you know, who knows if it might light. But we still got the firework, buddy. It's just a little sparkler. No, 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 I know. Because that scene does accomplish what we want. It It does. does. Oh, it does. I'm just thinking of the... And it can... I'm thinking of the the Kubrick, the 110%. That's what I'm thinking of. But what I would say is it can still hit the mark, but it's going to do it in a more real way, where that way is a little more... You know, it's it's over dramatic. You know, it, it's very dramatized. Even though that's kind of how I am when I get pissed. I was, Jesus well, Christ! No, to me, and this is why I think I like it, is because we both had the same reaction when we were writing it. Was it, and also it's kind of a cathartic release uh, for him, yeah, for him and and for the audience to some degree, because what happens is so extreme. But I don't think we can predict what the audience is going to think. No, I don't, I don't. I don't think no. that's something we can. And do. the thing is, the the more real life uh, way that we portrayed it will work, and there's valid points to that. It's just I think I prefer the explosive, the hundred and you know probably twenty five percent. Like we don't go over the top, but it's it is over the top. But it's, it's meant to be over the top at an over the top moment. It's way more. To you me, know? it's it's more raw than what we got. Well. I'll also say that we wrote it. So obviously that's what we wanted. <laughs> well, we wrote both. Well, or compromised down. <laughs> we wrote one and then compromised down. But I would say this, we should have just done the take. I, you know, it doesn't hurt to do an extra take. You know, always take this as a lesson. Just be like, look, this is most likely the way we want to, we're going to go because we agree with you. But this is a way it originally wasn't a script. And, you know, knowledge now be like you know we don't necessarily know how it's going to play in the edit or how the story is going to be in the edit so let's just go ahead and do this take because maybe this this is going to be the best one we'll just do one because 
you know, let's not waste time on it because it's probably not going to work, but let's just maybe not convince them it's not going to work, but certainly word it in a way like, let's just do one more this way because what is it going to hurt? And then if we had that shot, assuming we don't technically screw it up, then we could have just dropped it and been like, yeah, you know what? They were right. It doesn't work. Or we could be like, you know what? We were right. It does work. And it, we're not running with actual film. So I guess technically we could still do it. No, it could a- be ADR'd. No, you see his mouth. I'm I'm thinking of uh like in a cutaway, just having that. But it, the reaction when it it, it, it needed it needed, it needed to be it has to be in like a take on set. Yeah, in the take for that uh, for that level of emotion. Yeah, because that was like a complete breakdown of someone. Yeah, which maybe we did need to maybe sell the turn better too no 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 i think we have to keep that as subtle as we can no but to just light switch got flipped you yeah. know to really sell that that's what i mean to really sell the transition i guess is a better way to word it for for our character yeah but yeah well i just you know i think it it still the scene accomplishes what what it was meant to what it's meant to which is to show like you know a breakdown in the growing you know anger and how you know love turns to hate hate Dark side, blah, 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 whatever. Um, but yeah, you know, that's great. <laughs> that is great. Yeah. I mean, I'm just happy that it's not what we've seen. <laughs> um, one thing, like, I, and, I, and I know you, because you were asking Jared and Clark this too, is like why it feels like the finishing the, uh, the edit is so big. It's just because to me, it's like, the most hands-on we are because we're doing it. And while we probably will hopefully uh, be able to work with and pay for people in post, it won't be nearly as hands-on where like every decision that has to be made for the edit is on us to find. Yeah. And while like a composer might struggle with finding a sound or us finding a sound that we like with them or something, that's like us just kind of getting to breathe and approve. Yeah. Well, also the fact that, like you said it perfectly, find we have to find the solution. Whereas, let's say we do the foley. Well, it's pretty. It's kind of dictated already what the foley mm-hmm. is going to be. Now, granted, we might have to find. Oh well, are we just going to cut all the foley and only leave dialogue or something? Mm-hmm. Now that would be something to explore, but it's not like nothing exists in front of us right now. <laughs> you know, we're literally creating the yeah. steps in front of us. And yes. And it can go not in an infinite number of ways, but it certainly can go a lot of different ways. Very close to infinite, it feels like. Yeah, like like hundreds of thousands of different directions you can take a film just by rearranging the clips. Yeah. And, and having access to all the clips. And and so in that respect, it, it is such a crucial part in post because, I mean, it's the retelling of the story. It's the third draft of the story. And also the edit, it feels like it is so easy to bury your nose in and lose the woods for the trees. Yeah. Or whichever the way that saying works. <laughs> the trees through the woods. I don't know. Whatever. You're only seeing the trees. You ain't seeing the forest, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're not seeing the bigger picture. Like with with coloring, you're matching the color for a scene. <laughs> yeah. The scene's done. You just have to decide what colors, like schemes you want to go to and then accomplish that. 
mm-hmm. which to me, that seems far easier because it's already dictated by the lighting. We understand the mood. The edit dictates the color of the scene to some degree. Yeah. Um, the edit dictates the, the, uh, the, the soundtrack. The edit dictates the Foley, yeah. right? It's not the other way around. Like, um, we can cut on a sound, but we know that there will be a sound here. <laughs> yeah. We want a sound to be here. What that sound is, I mean, right? You can so easily throw in and mix, like you said, like we've cleaned the audio is at least like at least I I, I know you're saying you can hear it, but I can hear the audio at least. But like, but if we left that completely untreated, it would be you wouldn't be able we couldn't even edit. We yeah. had the treat just to be able to edit the film, like uh, to a degree. Um, because the, you're losing all the emotion in the, in the terrible audio. Yeah. Um, and then once you clean it up to where at least it's, you can hear it, not, or hear the words and the dialogue and not just. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and just like weird echoey things. And a lot of that, luck, luckily, I think has been at least somewhat resolved. I have a 10 years, so take that as you will. But the big thing that I want to come across is you said you're building the steps in front of you and then you, you know, you get the whole staircase and, but, and it's not moving. You built it. Yeah. You just have to now paint it, you know, and put the shit on it. It's like, it's like with the writing once the house is built, then you can go in and be like, I'm adding a sentence here. I'm going to change dialogue here, but no, you can't do that until the edit's done. And like you said, Every time we go through the edit, it feels like we find more things to try to fix. And it's just like, it, you can just go forever, it feels like. Where no. like, once scene one is colored, it's colored. <laughs> no, I don't think it can go on forever. I just think it can go on for as long as it takes to be right. And, oh, and, and, and But what I mean... I mean the emotion, the feeling of it. Oh, okay, yeah, that's something else. No, I just meant like... Uh, like you and Clark both said, <laughs> we keep going back to that podcast, but diminishing returns is what you use that word. Yeah. Our words to say like, yeah, we're, we're doing these things, but we're not getting a good output. You know, the, the effort and the result is not the same and it's less than. Right. What, so what, you have to, there's a, an equation probably here where it's quality versus time. Yeah. And it's like, you've probably stalled out and you're going like 0.2%, 3%. And then it's like, what? But then you're also, then this time graph is like. Infinitely. And then where, but where do you, where does that make the quality then go down? Because, you know, uh, how much time you're spending on it. Yeah, yeah. And, and with this film, I just want to get to the point of acceptance. Yeah. You know, where it's like, it, it doesn't really matter if it's a frame longer or not. Uh, this is the only camera angle we have. Our, this is what we have to go with because the continuity is just so wildly different. It's stark. And then, yeah, I can accept that. Like, yeah, we, we only have what we have. You know, mm-hmm. we, we weren't Steven Spielberg with a <laughs> professional crew in there, you know? So there's there's lots of issues in all areas. And we have to just accept with what we got. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and, and I'm fine with that. Absolutely. I, I have no complaints about that. I think you think I'm not okay with that. I always get the feeling that you're like, it's, it's, I got to like pull a miracle to make you happy. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I'm just like, well, I just got to get Steven to accept it. And I'm like, I feel like it's like, that's a task in and of itself. Well, yeah, I want to be convinced of the choice <laughs> you no, know yeah 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 be, but because I, I don't know the footage like you 
Yeah. You know, and then I see it where it's bad and you're like, hey, buddy, that's the best we got. I'm like, come on, man, please don't tell me that's the best we got. And sometimes you're right. Sometimes I'm right. Yeah. You know, I think it has yielded good results in the end. I you know, think- and, and it's gotten me in a better spot. You know, when you tell me like, no, that's what it has to be. And it's like, okay, I see. You're right. You're right. That's what it has to be. And 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 that gives me just a better sense of completion with that you know that's just gonna be what it is and yeah yes i wish it were better but that's what's on our ssd and a big reflection of that too is also just i think my own self-worth maybe thinking that i'm just not good enough but and also the same is i see the flaws and i know you will see them and i'm just like i don't know but i don't know how to fix them (laughs) or i don't or at least i'm stuck yeah. And it's like, um, cause I see them and I'm like, but also I've like, I think internally I've come to like, uh, dreaded acceptance. Yeah. And, um, but, but also when you get to those points and I kind of come in and be like, well, let's re-examine it yeah. all. And oh, then yeah. sometimes we figure out a better solution. And yeah. sometimes that solution is like, you know what, how necessary is this scene in here? They're like, let's just fucking cut it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, which isn't a bad thing. It's not because we made some drastic cuts of scenes, some big ass scenes. And dude, I think we got it in scene six, man. I know that's your nightmare, but I really put in some time on that. Continuity is all over the place. So that's what really needs to get matched. And I know you have some arguments with some of the close ups and how certain people look because of lighting. <laughs> and, you know, that always sticks in my head. I'm like, God damn it, you're right. I think of what Sidney Lumet said in that book about um, he he said he had an actor, right? And it was supposed to be a romance mm-hmm. and she could do all the serious stuff, but then she couldn't do the like tenderness it was and all of that. Network. I think he was talking about Faye Dunaway. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, she's supposed to be like tender. Yeah. <laughs> he makes a good point. <laughs> um, wow. I didn't think there was tender moments from her. Is it Faye Dunaway? In I don't know. I don't know. Well, he never says. He does say. No, he doesn't. I thought he does. He uh, mentions an actress. Um, I think he mentions where you can kind of, you know, extrapolate who. Um, but I'm pretty sure he doesn't say. Yeah, it's Faye Dunaway. I'm pretty sure. I think that's who he's referencing. Well, or it's somebody. It's definitely somebody. But it, anyways, right. Uh, and regardless, it's a very famous actress. He, I, I know he at least mentions that. I thought it was. Um, Hey, darling, that one actress, you know, she always had that uh, accent, that uh, fake accent that all actors had. Oh, transatlantic? Transatlantic, and she was real popular. I think she was with um, Howard Hughes. You know what I'm talking about? No. Oh, gosh. Sorry. Can't think of her name. Stupid brain fog. But anyways, um, you know, I see that. I see the angles, and I see the shot and how it looks. I'm just like, God damn it, this isn't being sold the way it needs to be. But if we can get scene six, how it's kind of getting assembled right now, it's like, eh, I think you're going to be pretty happy. And that'll make the whole film work because the certain scenes we did cut out yeah, so they took away everything that was necessary to make the film work. So just by being able to, you know, maintain that, we can still accomplish what we wanted. Like, yes, we're not getting exactly what we wanted because certainly we wanted this monologue to just work 
Yeah, and we also not to say it was written to work. You know, I think that's kind of some inexperience as writers. I will say that with knowing how to better with every with all the dialogue and a lot of the scenes that we cut that didn't work, it's because the deeper meanings were never captured. This the the intention behind the dialogue wasn't met. The lines were just said. Yeah, and you never it didn't feel like the, what was coming out was authentic, mm-hmm. and. I don't. I mean, that could be a mixture on. I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm blaming myself because I'm here. I'm not blaming the actress. Not at all. Our actors were fantastic. They made our dialogue actually work. Um, it was just yeah. uh, us being a little too lofty yeah. and trying to sell things that we didn't give ourselves the time and like right, like you said, like we didn't do the rehearsals like we well, should have. Well, and well, not just that, but I think within the writing too, we just didn't know how to write better, like to just make it tighter. Yeah. yeah. You know, and like, okay, this is what you want to do. You can cut out this, 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 and this, make it a little more streamlined, and then have it foreshadow things and reveal character. Like, you could really utilize this to be this vital scene where, you know, I'll say we we just didn't know how to go that level deeper to extrapolate that. Yeah, we didn't know how to pull that out of the the performance either, right? Like, it, it's like we we and we just and the thing too is. We accepted what we saw. We didn't accept what we needed. Um, yeah. So instead of like doing the necessary number of takes to get what we wanted or to change the scene up to get what we wanted, we just accepted that we needed to move on and just get to the next scene or take or shot or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, well, yeah, because I mean, sometimes we were spending, you know, like five hours on one ex- shot. Yeah. And <laughs> especially in like for scene six where we did like a, a in crazy feet if any if scene six works at all we're gods like <laughs> in my mind because that was like the most crazy day like a 22 hour day yeah working non-stop i mean we did not stop working yeah all we, day we filmed 18 hours 18 hours and but also that's like us breaking down yeah i'm not including up. breakdown I'm just being like literally just shooting which yeah yes 18 hours of shooting in that one day yeah. That was supposed to be what, like an eight-hour day. Yeah, it was like, dude, this—it's already pre-planned. We know where the camera movements. We know the lights. Dude, we're just gonna knock it out. And honestly, we can probably finish early, buddy, and just get drunk. You know. Yeah. That was kind of the thought yeah. plan to that, and because nope. it was also like a, a, it's almost like a cast reunion that that scene because everyone is there. Yeah. Everyone is required to be there on set that day. Yeah, and so it was like, oh, dude, we'll just get through this, and then we'll just party, you know? Like it's like yeah. the halfway point because I think we shot it like almost halfway. Yeah, it was just kind of like this fun celebration day to just kind of have it easy because it's, it's such a simple scene. But then, then our inexperience of, oh yeah, it's kind of hard to memorize like twenty lines of di- or twenty pages of dialogue, and then our dialogue, <laughs> and our dialogue on top of that. And it was like, oh yeah, I guess that is hard, huh? But yeah. you know, I. Yeah, there's a couple of characters that have like three page monologues almost. Yeah, and it's like, oh yeah, that that probably is. And then we're doing it all in one day, all in one day. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, but you know, if we can get like, and I and I want to talk about the pacing because you were talking about how the pacing is fast, and I think that's a uh, we're we have to make it as fast as we can, but also we need to like make scenes breathe more um, that need that uh, moment those moments to let the audience breathe as well but i think it's a huge blessing as first-time filmmakers that if you're not if you know 
what you got isn't Citizen Kane. And I literally mean Citizen Kane. Mm-hmm. If you didn't, if you make anything less than that as your first film, do the audience a favor and make the film as fast as possible because it's like, yeah, that's great. It's advice. a, it's a real, I've been like when I, I, cause I watch a lot of movies and I watch uh, in particular, a lot of very in, cheap indie horror movies. Cause I like to just kind of like see what, what's out there and uh, like what we're like trying to put out in like the same kind of level yeah. of production. Yeah. That's not necessarily product or quality, but our level of production is like, around these guys what do you mean they have like the similar size crews budgets okay like we don't have like and that doesn't i don't say like money makes movies better yes it does but it makes movies easier to make better (laughs) okay that's fair because you can make very bad movies are made for a lot of money (laughs) yes that's very true and very good movies are made for very little money so the bad movies still look good when they're made for a lot of money oh yes you know sometimes like what then? Well, uh-huh. no, no, no. That's too much of a tangent. Let's not go. Ahead. I was gonna say some of these Marvel movies are pretty goddamn ugly. Because because you were onto something uh, that I wanted to follow up with. So it, it's a real blessing that you make a short movie because I'll tell you the biggest and this and you Jared and Clark even fessed up to this and we brought it up and as a, a criticism for their film and it's a criticism for every single film that we have seen of our peers. They are too long, and they are <laughs> that they have. Definitely fat. There's a lot of fat yeah. that didn't get trimmed. And that is uh, a big no-no for cheap productions because then you see the seams. The seams start to fall apart. They fall apart real, real fucking fast. You don't get very long for like a blank wall with like a single sword on it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't get to hold on that shot very long. That's our film. Right. <laughs> By the way. Right. You, you you don't get to just hold like if you don't shoot in like like that's why. uh Hair trigger is great, is because they have like that, the that beautiful like farm that they're oh, on. Yeah, that gorgeous set. Yeah, yeah. So they get to they get away with that. You can get yeah. away with that. You know, Jared and Clark are in that cabin. You can get away with that. But like, we have pretty cheap sets. Yeah. <laughs> like they are, I would say that was our. My, I'm sorry for the lips or the mouth. I'm so sorry. That dry mouth. Huh? Uh, but we, our sets. That is, I think, our one of the biggest things that bothers me the most is our sets are. So goddamn cheap. <laughs> we couldn't afford anything. I know. Though, you know? I, oh, I know. I know it was like, it was something that we were like, you know what? It's, it's really, you know, we'll do our best. There is a set there, right? There are. Yeah. This pieces. is an actual home. There, so, you a, know. There is an attempt to <laughs> make a, an attempt. But it's just, you know, like we didn't spend thousands of dollars like set dressing and like getting really nice and cool looking things and you know, wonderful costumes like are just are not even like just creating sets that would be more interesting in the frame. Yes. You know, to just break up things. Because you're always saying this shot's so boring. And it's like, yeah, you're looking at a blank fucking wall. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is nothing here to see. You know, that's probably also why I wanted to go in tight a lot too. Yeah. It's to just kind of cut out a to lot hide of that. the set. Yeah. Now thinking about it. And I don't think but don't to, to uh, yeah. be fair on you know the set dressing and the, our set dressers and uh, there are some good looking set pieces that are in the movie. No, to be fair to them, we didn't spend shit on set. We spent uh, all of our set money on the set we built. Well, which I, which looks nice. We brought we, some set pieces. I know a little Halloween decoration here. Yeah, there. I got from my mom's house. I was gonna say we didn't buy any of those. I think we just yeah, it was what that's we what had. I'm saying. We didn't actually invest money into this stuff. 
for the most part. And I think that was a huge uh, yes. problem. Give the audience a little something to look at in the Tokyo story, right? One of the best things why that film's so beautiful is because you feel like you're in a Japanese home. Yeah. And you're seeing all the pieces of the home with the character within the home. But they're also, it looks so it's beautiful. also dressed so nice. That's what I'm saying. It's uh, dressed so nice. Ours is just dressed like our poor asses' houses. <laughs> which I want, which I did want, honestly. Yeah. And we definitely accomplished that. Oh, we definitely accomplished that. But the problem is, is you can- I still live in that house and it <laughs> looks exactly the fucking same. No, but the problem is, is that we try to clean it up and turn it into a set. But we turn it into a set with what we have. So it looks poor and then it looks like a set. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh my God. I thought that was the will and it wasn't. No, you ain't drinking it. This is not <laughs> will it. But- Dude, you should try this. It, it's- it's well, I'm getting close to finishing. It's a little. new world, man. I like this heavy stuff, man. It makes you. I am drinking slow. Just oh, like, I I love that. Will just sipping. It's but expensive habit to have though. Although I drink like three drinks worth in one cup. Oh yeah, because we. I figure it's not yeah, so we don't have to. It all in. So we don't have to refill. I will say, you know, you that that's. I think that's great advice. Is make it as short as you can, because I know for. And let me ask you how long you want it to be. For dickhead, I want it to be around. I would prefer, because you know, the general consensus is make it 90 minutes. I would prefer it to be 80 minutes, hopefully 75. I'm thinking 75 to, because I think that'd be the sweet part. Like I said, I I want the audience to suffer as for as little as possible and not overstay the welcome and enjoy the scenes that we have and make the scenes that we have that work the best. We stretch those out to the limit. Literally. Let's just have only the good stuff in it and cut the bad. And you know yeah. what? That's probably going to put us around 80. And then let's just, okay, now, oh, but, now, now we got to start making some real cuts and let's go an extra there five. Some, there are some necessary bads, unfortunately. No, there are. <laughs> but even the bads were, I think you could tell the effort that's put in to be like, sorry, look, we're making it look the, good the again. Hope, the you hope, know, like the there's hope, effort to the, s- the, salvage something. The hope is that people accept the respect that it had to be in the movie <laughs> that we just didn't get it. Yeah. Uh, and that we're going to get you to the next cool scene as fast as possible or the yeah. next good scene or the next interesting scene as fast as possible. Yeah. And that's our promise to you as the viewers. <laughs> and I think that's the uh, promise because man, the worst thing, and I will say maybe it's because we edited it and we're like I said, it's the nose thing, right? Our nose is against the screen is that when we watch the cut when we do the when we watch the renders they feel so fast and that feels so good no it's too fast because i like it because man i watch some of these movies and i'm just like praying to the gods like please cut (laughs) please let's do something and you know like people are trying to be like david lynch people are trying to be like oh if we just hold on this for 90 more seconds yeah and i'm like Maybe like 90 more frames. <laughs> <laughs> and like I see it all the time because like I'm all I've been something I've been doing uh, lately is uh, I count uh, like seconds. Really? When, on a cut when I'm wow. watching movies. You're really breaking them down there. So then I'll, I'll like, uh, so I'll cut number one, two, three. And I notice modern movies barely get past three. Yeah. It's like every three seconds there's some kind of cut. And it's like, 
Jesus Christ, give me a goddamn breath. Yeah. And but indie movies, I've noticed. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> I already know. It's sometimes I just stop counting. <laughs> I, I can't count that. I only got ten fingers. And it's like, oh, okay, seventy-two. <laughs> <laughs> and don't get me wrong, I love oneers and I love not cutting. Yeah, I love the long shot. But but you gotta do it in the right way. But you gotta, you gotta, you gotta earn it. You gotta, yeah. You gotta earn it. And Every second that your film is taking up people's lives, <laughs> sucking up their breaths, the <laughs> finite amount of breaths they have, their their six dollar rental, <laughs> you should be earning it, right? You got earn every frame that's on that screen, and when you don't earn it, cut it, end it. And I think that's the most important thing to indie filmmakers that are on our level that we that we can say. We said there are a couple of very important facts. I think people, this is actually going to be a really good episode for filmmakers to listen to. Hopefully, either uh, think that we're idiots and do the opposite and make it work for them, or think that we're Which geniuses. Which is probably the best way to go. And accept our and accept our uh, our love and our knowledge and our genius into practice because our godlike abilities without even finishing one film. <laughs> The problem is, is we, as uh, we're taking our, we're really teaching ourselves filmmaking with Dickhead. Oh yes, Dickhead like is our is we're we went to Dickhead University. <laughs> Dhu, yeah, Dhu. All right, right. We had Mr. Ward as our teacher. Um, <laughs> do you read Sutter Kane? But like, what I want, what I really mean is, <laughs> yeah, like we. Like I said, when I watch and the renders, and I don't know, like I said, I don't know if it's just my closeness to it. I cannot see the movie with new eyes. That's just never going to happen. Yeah. Um, but this is where I'm excited. This is where I'm like excited for other people to watch it. And maybe this is where I'm trying to push that too much. Uh, just because I'm getting excited to that point. No, where we need other people to watch it. Where I wanna, it out. When I want to start seeing people to watch it to be like, okay, this am I not, am I completely lost it? But because the movie feels fast in a good in a good way in a lot of places for me. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. The movie's too fast. And that's a compliment because I've seen <laughs> when movies are, you know, I always used to hate like when I was growing up, I was like, man, I wish this movie was longer. And now I finally got my wish all these years <laughs> later. And I'm like, fuck, dude. It's like a cut, it's like cut a, shit, man. It's like a real genie, buddy. <laughs> it's serious. I swear to God, man, I'd always I'd always complain that movies weren't longer. And I'd always complain that there were there weren't enough sequels. <laughs> you fucker! You fucker! You know you I believe in God. God gave me what I wanted, buddy. God gave me what I wanted. Those were your two genie wishes, and your third wish was probably for like a goddamn Mountain Dew or something. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> no, but yeah, like because believe me, I love slower paced movies, but I think you have to be really good. To make slower paced movies that are it, good, dude, you gotta fucking earn it, like, right, like Tar. And I know you haven't finished. No, it yet. I did. Oh, you did. That movie was fucking great, right? Who was, was that up everywhere all at once? Yeah, it was. Mm. It was Best Picture. Everywhere all at once, still probably wins. But I would, I liked Tar way more. I, I was like, damn, this film's fucking right. It's like a, it's kind of like a little secret horror movie, right? And it doesn't shove anything down your throat. Like no. it does, but it also doesn't. It, is she a villain? Is she not? You don't see her necessarily be villainous. 
you never see her villainous, which I mean, is a couple, fascinating. A couple things where it's like, oh, you bad, but look at all that jazz in his character, right? Yes. So her badness isn't isn't necessarily portrayed. And isn't it so fucking interesting that they chose to make it Kate Blanchett, a woman in this role? How easy would it have been to cast like a Clive Owen here or right, like a Peter Dinklage or whatever? Right? You have to have it a woman because then people really take the time to watch right? it and listen. And, and, and also, it it makes to me it made the it, the fact that it's a a woman. It actually made the movie far more interesting to me because yeah. it, it's this is generally a like male driven like victim like or not victim a uh, villain type role. Well, me too, right? Me too is kind of like yeah. Who, who's who are the ones fucking up? Yeah, and then men, and then to just kind of see like all the people who are who are being victimized. You know, you got your LGBTQ people who are being who are victimized. You have women who are who are always. You know, oppressed. Oppressed is probably the better word. Oh, I got to pee, buddy. Me too. So, I'll just keep talking. Finish your statement and then we'll... Oh, hey, if you want to grab a cup of waters. <laughs> so, he leaves and he doesn't even close the door. That tells you a lot about Tom right there. I'll tell you that. But in regards to Tar, just to see... I mean, it, it is more interesting because she's she's a lesbian. And if you were to make it a man, a white cis male, I don't know, maybe I don't think it would have been received in the same way. So I think that kind of just brings out the story more and the thought process more and the view of it more. And it's a great movie. It's really interesting. I mean, you should see it because nothing's ever, I mean, I don't want to go into spoils, but nothing's necessarily ever shown to be true. It's all just after the fact kind of delivery of information. Now you're definitely gen- you're definitely kind of, or maybe not. Maybe it's just a perspective I have. But certainly you see her as the wrongdoer, and that she is guilty of the abuses of power she has or she commits, and. And so I feel like she is she is guilty, but you actually don't. Well, damn, is that a spoiler? Possible spoilers for Tar right now. You actually don't necessarily see her be, um, you know, guilty, bro. Shit, crispy treats hitting me in the face right now. So I love Tar. I think it was a little slow and a little too. Minimal, which I think that's very much a style, uh, especially within indie films right now. And I don't know. I don't like it. I, I like it for its novelty sake, but I don't necessarily a big fan of it because, again, going to the earning thing, I don't think people are necessarily earning slowness because your film shouldn't be, in my opinion, it shouldn't be slow per se. The scenes should take as long as they need. Now, if the scenes date a long time, slow, then perhaps that's how you play it out. But I don't think you should necessarily go out to create a fast movie or a slow movie. Create a movie that respects the scenes that are written and try to understand the pacing that those scenes have necessary. And I don't know if Tar was always deserving of some of its slowness. 
it probably could have had some time shaved off. Let me get my man Sidney Lumet and the uh, Warner Brothers to tell him to shave. But really, I mean, I don't know. Maybe Tar is the best film of the year that year. Oh, Tar was the best film that year. Tar is the best. It wasn't- no, 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 no. I would say Tar is the best film of the year for me after seeing it because it was like at Cape Blanchett. The story, the writing, oh, the writing was so good. Uh, the directing was great. I mean, it was cinematography, just, dude. It's it was a, scary. It's it a, was scary, right? No, I didn't see it that way. I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you. That scene, was, actually, she's in the woods. I like. Oh yeah, I like how you're playing. How you're saying that because, like, yeah, you're right. It is this kind of thriller, scary movie, right? Because you kind of think like, is some is this movie going to take a twist at some point where now it's this thriller or suspense horror film or something? Because there's even ghosts in it. Because I watched. Uh, review on it because I was like, "What the fuck is the end? I don't, I don't know what, what's the end mean. I don't get it." Yeah, Stephen, no understand the cars players. Yeah, so I watched a, uh, 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 you know, the breakdown of it, and there's ghosts in it. Yeah, did you know that? Yeah, there's some shots with the girl in the background in it. Mm-hmm. She's not really in the room. The one that killed herself. Yeah, spoilers. I guess I already said that. Oh, yeah, because <laughs> I was spoiling it earlier, but. So when you said that, I was like, oh, yeah, this this does actually play like a suspense thriller. Because, you know, I, it's delivered as a drama. And so that's yeah. certainly how I received it. But when you put said that, I was like, yeah, that's right. It, it's such a good film. But I also see why Everywhere All at Once won. You yeah. know, I, I could see how that would be the winner. Tar is a deep end film. <laughs> You know, in this uh, hypothetical pool of filmmaking that we're talking about. Thank you for the water, by the way. Oh, yeah. I got an extra one. I thought I grabbed two extras, but apparently I can't count to you, four. You grabbed two. Oh, no, you can <laughs> I thought I grabbed... Well, I'm going to steal some of that water to... Yeah, that's good. Because um, you'll need it. <laughs> oh, maybe I should drink it neat like you then. I'll have a little bit. No, I put water in mine. Oh, you did? Oh, I needs it. Yeah. You can't go... We needed to go from this to the Willet. Oh, yeah. I know. <laughs> Once I saw you drink it in your face, I was like, fuck. I was like, oh, I forgot what 40, this is, or this was like a $20 bottle or something. No, no, no offense, slain Irish whiskey, triple cast. You're just not Willet. You're just not a good, you're drinkable though. Yeah. Um, I wanted to say. You were saying tar is deep end. Tar, so in the pool of films, tar is deep end. It's deep and rich and everything is given uh, to the slow immersion and pacing. While I would say like everything everywhere all at once, they, you know, they dip their toes yeah. in the pool. No, and that, that, that's a joke. I don't mean that. You know, they're waist deep. <laughs> it, they're waist deep. Uh which is a very comfortable place to be. It's a very, the the film is like when Edgar Wright makes really good movies, that's like the level that everything everywhere all at once is. Uh, I like Edgar Wright more. Well, what, but what I mean is like, there's an energy to the film that is just very palpable. Yeah. That you like. I mean, the movie openly admits to ripping off the Matrix, and it does a very good job of ripping off yes, the Matrix. It does a great job of ripping off the Matrix. One of the best. Yeah, it's if it's like the best Matrix sequel that was ever made. Yeah, 
uh, right? It, it's right there with the Matrix it, to some degree. No, no, no. It, the, I think the Matrix is pretty damn cool. Everything overall. Although it, there was Dark City that came out that year. I yeah. just want to throw that out there. The year before, 98. The year before. And the Matrix is a ripoff of that. Although not really. They probably ripped off the Matrix and just got out sooner. You know, I, uh, when John and I were doing the crazy noir watch, uh, Dark City was one of the movies we watched. I and love that, that movie. Was, that's like the probably the third time I've seen it. And it's one of those eyes wide. It gets wide, better as you watch it's it. It's one of those eyes wide shut movies. The more you watch it, the way better it gets. The way yeah. more you appreciate the performances. Uh, just it because the first time you watch it, you're just like, this movie's weird and stupid. <laughs> but I like Jennifer Connelly. But, but the set, but but you're so engrossed because the set design just sucks you in. It's well, it's because of the ending. It's, it's beautiful so to look. It's, the ending's cheesy. It's man. beautiful to look at. It's so gothic and yes. kind of, and cool. Like yes. you love it, right? Like it's. It's it's so much style and mood. Mm, I love it. And then the story is just like, what the fuck? This is so stupid. Well, no, the story's good until like the, it, it's good until the very end when they're having psychic battles over a, a knife. Yes, but that and that and that, that that takes you out. And when you first watch big time, it, big time because yeah. it also makes you kind of like think the rest of the movie's like, oh ugh. yeah. And and then the first time you watch it, what do you remember? That so when you go and watch it again, you're like, yeah, I know that happens. I always, but let's watch all of the other parts. And yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, this is great. Yeah, and then like yeah, I said, this is like probably the fourth time I've watched it. And I'm like, this movie only gets better. Yeah, it's like Eyes Wide Shut. The more you watch Eyes Wide Shut, the better it gets. Well, but Eyes Wide Shut was always oh, like it was always solid. Yeah, or but, I I don't know if Dark Dark City was like my uh, what is that Dark or Secret. Pleasure, whatever they call it, Dirt, uh, guilty pleasure. Gu- guilty pleasure. You know what it's kind of like is Event Horizon. No, oh, Dark City's way better. No, than that's not true. I think the more I watch Event Horizon, the less I like it. Yeah, I was gonna say Event Horizon loses its this. Like I've been okay. Well, it's I've like Event Horizon, with, except they both go in separate directions the more you watch it. I've started to become just just since we started talking obsessed with like when I close my eyes, I just see like a set just with like these cheap threads just shredding like it seems yeah. and it's just like everything just is just this facade that just gets ripped away but it's pull, like someone just slowly pulling the string just like tattering it and as a filmmaker you you have until like this it's, that's how far the string gets pulled how fast it gets pulled it's like your budget <laughs> you have to like to pay the bitch to pull it slower right yeah and uh i've been th- that image is just like really strong in my head right now because i think that's what the audience views, right? So you only have so long before they lose immersion. Before the strings ripped out. Right. I mean, unless you have, I'm not saying that that budget That's helps. That's really good. Yeah. Budget helps with that because you can, you have the ability to purchase more, do more, paint more. Well, you can, you, there's some really great films that are still considered great, but then they say like, yeah, we had budget problems and you could see the areas they have budget problems. And it's like, damn, of all the films to give a budget problem, this was the one you said, no, you only have this much versus others where it's like they almost have infinite cash and then you see the end product. Yeah, because I don't want to say you have to have a huge budget to make a like a good looking movie. It like set wise, like set decoration yeah. wise, because I'm thinking of like Turbo Kid or. Well, here's a great example, because I just watched the uh, uh, like trivia of Sorcerer. Mm hmm. 
Sorcerer came out the same year as Star Wars. Sorcerer was more than 100 million to make. Star Wars was like under 100 million. You've yeah. seen Sorcerer. I mean, I can only imagine who had the better looking set design, <laughs> costumes, um, effects. Even though Sorcerer, they literally built a bridge that went on hydraulics and all this crazy shit. I say like, well, I mean, Star Wars is like... But I mean, look at Star Wars, dude. Like, hands down, that's <laughs> like... I mean, we were talking about Tar, like how great the the sets were and everything in Tar. And they were. They're amazing, beautiful, contemporary, modernist sets of these locations. But damn, Star Wars still, right? I mean, there's something to a glowing light, a glowing little keyboard yeah. uh, button on a wall that's glowing, right? Like, it, Star Wars is amazing, dude. Just well, the, the art the, in that film the is set, just so the great. The art and set design of that movie, it has a level of immersion that is, like, in, incalculable. There's, there's a reason why it's now a franchise and probably the most successful movie in in film history and right I, like outside of the film is that just is that part of us just being like dorky sci-fi nerds no because the i numbers, think about it the numbers prove it whenever i think of really good set design i always think of sci-fi and i always think of three movies alien star wars alien space odyssey space odyssey and you know what those are space movies <laughs> <laughs> oh no when i think like great set designs i'm thinking i mean yes those obviously come to mind but um honestly one of the first ones that ever comes to mind is uh, Blade Runner. Although you can say hmm, what what genre is Blade yeah, Runner? Yeah, but it's also like in the city, right? Yeah, but dude, it's it's absolutely cyberpunk future based sci fi. Uh, oh well, then okay, fine. F you, man. Playtime. Don't tell me that's not some of the greatest set design you've ever seen in your life. Because that, that movie science fiction. Because <laughs> those backdrops are the greatest. Oh no, that's probably backdrops. I, I was like, "What that's the fuck? How did one, they do this? This is amazing." That ha- movie probably has the best art, di- one of the best art directions of all time. Yes, like say what you will. Uh, that's a movie that needs to learn how to cut. Uh, <laughs> it's a movie that let you you it lets you enjoy things a little too long. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but yeah, playtime is really good. I mean, there's a lot, dude. But still, right? I mean, like playtime. Uh, La Aventura. Oh, or um. Uh, you, the Marina bad. Yeah. Last year, Marina bad. God. The, the set design. You know what? Something, dude. You know what I hate? So, and this is inherent. This is actually kind of funny. So, l- l- listen to this. A lot of movies, it's like rich people's houses. and like really fancy ballrooms and palaces. Oh, and I all, hate that. And all, and all our movies and like the cheap movies, it's like what where they live. <laughs> You could tell they're in their kitchen. Couldn't be more. It couldn't be less real. Their their mom's cooking in the background. It's literally their house. It is the furniture that they have. It's all the practical lights are the lights that have been in that house for yeah. forty five years. Yeah, and like maybe like there's one or two extra lights that you have for fill. Yeah, and that's like our filmmaking, right? That is. Yeah. And it's like, you know, we don't have a mansion with like decorated wallpaper that is perfect, actually designed for the movie. Or yeah. we don't have carpet. Like we're shooting on goddamn concrete. Yeah. Right. And, but, and that's a, there's, that's a real, there's a real charm to that. And that's one thing I love. And, but, and when you have money where you can actually dress the real. Yeah. It's like, 
there's a real beauty there. And that's where I think the indie powerhouse comes. Those come in. Yeah, because that's that, your ghost stories. That's your. Well, that makes me think of not just ghost story, but um, uh, before sunrise. Before sunrise. Right. It's just like, hey, we're in. Where were they? Paris. Oh, no. In no, the first one, it's like Belgium or yeah, Belarus. Prague, Prague. Yeah. Something like that. Hey, we're here. They're not in Paris. And they're not in America. <laughs> and they're they're somewhere beautiful. It's and pr- it's European. Is it Prague? I think it might be something. Like that. But anyways, you know, like that had amazing locations, sets. Well, not, I guess technically it's not sets at all. But it has this amazing location. Well, this a set is just the a location state. essentially, it's just right? The stage. It's the stage. Yeah, exactly. So they had that, and it was amazing. The other one that I I love because it's real, and maybe he adjusted it here and there to make it work for his film. Clerks. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that shot in a real quickie mart, right? Yeah, and. And it, <laughs> and it has a charm doesn't it like it has because it's real it's fucking real you know and it just adds to the immersion of the film the string you know like it's the most cheapest set ever because it's literally his real set right it's where he really works it's yeah. real and that string just doesn't get pulled yeah. you know they don't pull it with that yeah and so exactly it, so yeah there is that charm like to the indie I guess that's like the next step above us right like you got some money and some know-how. Or yeah. you're broke, but you got some know-how. No, it's like you're still shooting in your house, but like you put some stuff that up. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. You, like, ha- you have some know-how. You you understand that, ah, let's just throw this here because that yeah. works better in the frame. There's like some bamboo tree in the back and like yeah. you have like like Satan's dick in the corner <laughs> of the house because yeah. you can afford to get Satan on set now because you sold your soul. <laughs> uh, now but, I'm going to go pee. All right, yeah. So that's yeah. That's that's the that's what is really important is there the understanding those levels and then uh, acting accordingly, right? Like, and you can make like a really cheap movie look really good, but you need to also, but you need to make it look really good. I know that was a sentence, a dumb repeatal or whatever. Because I want to really like emphasize this, so I'm going to get kind of closer to the mic, and it's it's really difficult to like accurately afford like everything to make an easy life on set. If you have the time and the planning to really go in and get like really good, interesting lighting, understand how the shadows are going to move and really like get key lights and eye lights and all the fancy lights and stuff so that you can go in and get it done. It will really make a difference. And like maybe you just shoot some fog in there or have some kind of like, I know they have like those soften filters. I'm not really a cinematographer. You should really look up Kashusa Genefield. Genefield. You should look her up, man. She's fucking phenomenal. And I think we should really have her on again so we can learn learn more because she really works with what she has and makes just something like beautiful films. Beautiful. Go watch A Wounded Fawn. I mean, man, that's a movie that I have a little bit of issues with the pacing a bit. There's It does feel a little long at times. Um, but... Not in a bad way, just in a noticeable way. It, I hope that isn't insulting or anything, but it, it felt like it wanted to be 
like that wanted you to really just feel and think. But oh my God, the the cinematography, the look of that film, Travis Stevens and and Kasusha, man, you guys, holy shit! It just it, to me, it was like my favorite looking film of the year, just because of how awesome it looked and the style that was achieved. I I absolutely adore it. I'm talking about a wounded fawn. <laughs> and uh, ha- us having to have Kasusha on again so we can kind of talk about this topic. Last I was in here was about set design, but that had pretty damn good set design, huh? Or at least the yeah. way she worked the set in the frame. Yeah, that's what I brought really up. Good. Like with the lighting too, like utilizing lighting. Right. If I was going to say, set. if you have a cheap looking set, you can make it look better with better lighting. Yeah, because then you're actually kind of like painting the walls, right? Exactly. You're, you don't have to. Like, right, you can make a white wall interesting with light. Just like you could make a white wall... Look, Throw a gel on it. Just like you can make a white wall look really bad. <laughs> yes, you can make a white wall look really bad like we did. Yeah, a couple times. More than a couple. And that's where you really start to realize that it's like, oh, it's not really just like that you painted the wall. It's that you painted the wall with light. <laughs> yeah, like you painted the wall, but then also paint it with light. Because... Well, one of the scenes we cut out, the early scenes, I mean, we had a painted wall, but also just the way it was framed or the way it worked within the frame. Also, just the just, blocking. The blocking was what was really maybe off. Maybe that was it. Our blocking was just bad. Our blocking was really bad. So that kind of set the, us off with the framing being bad. Yes, because we have other shots in that room that look pretty nice. Yeah, no, we have some really cool shots. Uh, thinking of the one of uh, the other main protagonist, that nice. I know it's you don't like the tight shot, and it is tight, but I like the angle and stuff. It's not that I don't like tight shots. It's just I feel like you have to earn them. They can't just be thrown in. Throw them in. I feel like um, always because a tight shot to me, and I, I know I've said this a thousand times on this podcast, but I'll say it. For like the ten thousand and one time. Oh god, it tastes like nail polish now. <laughs> it's 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 rough, huh? <laughs> god, damn it, we fucked up, man. I know we would we reversed the order, but to me, what's really important is what's the topic. <laughs> I was talking. Well, I went back to set design, and you were talking about uh, Kasusha's film, Fawn that is dead. But what was the uh, wounded fawn? But what was wounded fawn? Oh, I was damn it, damn it, I lost it. Shit. This whiskey I, I've had already. I don't think it's the whiskey. I think couple, it's the other thing. I've had a couple things. <laughs> um, man, I had a really good point and I lost it. Uh, the framing of oh, tight shots have to be earned. Oh, tight shots have to be earned. Thank you, buddy. You're a, damn. You're a genius. <laughs> tight shots have to be earned because they they should uh, create a reaction in the audience. And and it, you can yes. start with a tight shot. If what's happening in the scene is not just saving coverage, I don't know, right? If there's yeah. like, like, are we really like feel, supposed to be feeling what the character is emoting through their action at this moment? If not, we're just looking at a bored face, <laughs> or it's it just feels, and and then you're like, you see everything. The facade on on the wrong tight is bad. No, I... Or the face, sorry. I don't feel that way, but because of your feelings, I probably 
we'll never do another tight shot again. And <laughs> some but, of ours look great. But then I would also say that, you know, look at First Man. That movie was nothing but tights. I'm not saying you can't do it. I'm just saying it's how I feel about the shots that yeah, we got. But and, well, and how shots I feel in well, editing. Let me ask you, because I think First Man, nothing but tight shots. And if you're going to have nothing but tight shots, I think that's the way you do it. I thought it was a beautiful film. I love the cinematography. How do you feel about it? Is it kind of like, you know, they had great space scenes. They had great dramatic scenes. But when it came to those character-driven scenes and the tight shots, I just will not feeling it. Um... I actually really do. I'm with you on. I really enjoy the cinematography, even though it is a bunch of tights, but also it's committed to that's how they're telling the story. And I do think it's earned in a sense because of how visceral you it's like trying. It's as close as you can put you into a uh, first person movie. Yeah, Um, it's trying to make you there. That's what that movie feel it. Right, you're like you're you're uh, Neil Armstrong Siamese twin in that movie. Yeah. Right, you're banging his wife with him. Right, you're burying his daughter with him. So you're, that's what Armstrong meant, huh? You're shooting off to space with him. Like you feel like you're there. Yeah. And it, that's largely due to the cinematography and just the fact that it's like when it cuts from not on a character, it's almost like an insert. That's how tight a lot of these shots are. Mm-hmm. Where it's like if you were looking down at the panel, it's like eyes distance away. Yeah. Right? It's or like arms. You can reach out and touch it. Like it's I know arms distance. Even though eyes can see pretty far. But I do what you meant. <laughs> I, yeah. It's like eyes distance. <laughs> Miles away. <laughs> as far as the sun. <laughs> <laughs> I meant arms distance. It's like your arms length away from the shot. Yeah, like you can reach out and touch it, and and then it just like you're like rattling, and the sound is like almost like physically moving you, and it, yeah, it's I, first man is a like fucking hidden masterpiece that I think people really slept on because I Neil Armstrong is too tight, he's boring. Like Jesus, dude, that was the greatest movie ever. I'll say, especially in IMAX, completely different movie, especially high. Completely different movie. <laughs> but, you know, I was just kind of randomly uh, drifting a little bit. And, you know, it's kind of crazy that the sun is so bright. It blankets space in the stars. Yeah. It's kind of fucking crazy, man. Yeah. Like this light source is so bright. Your eyes literally can't see space. That's what the reflections are in the night. Isn't it? Of the moon, not the stars. Oh, the stars are emitting the light. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. It's okay, buddy. I know you're high. But the planets, right? Yeah. Uh, However. Like Um, the moon, right? There is no moonlight. It's just sunlight bounced off the moon. It's a big fill card. Right? Like it should hurt vampires just the same. (laughs) Like that's pretty. Well, actually, that's a really good point. Why does it hurt vampires? (laughs) Because well, it was it was the sunblock does work for Blade. The UV, right? That's what actually is what. Well, remember Blade? 
where they could go out in the daylight, he's like, I got sunblock on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <dude. laughs> it's like 70 proof. Yeah. That the moon is like. They had like 15 minutes in the sun. Because it's a, it's a fill card, right? The moon is just a giant fill card. That's a good point. That's, yeah, that's interesting. That's <laughs> when we say, like, shit, yeah. So it has to be the UVA rays that kills a vampire. It's just direct sunlight. <laughs> it has to be direct. It has to be a bouncing light. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Um, because technically all the light we see is kind of the same. It's just the different radiation during what time of day and stuff, right? Is it that bright with like the uh, ultraviolet? Is it like, isn't there like a different that? spectrum and stuff? Yeah, ultraviolet. We right? really shouldn't be discussing this. <laughs> we really shouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> all right, buddy. I uh, mean, we barely know filmmaking. <laughs> <laughs> we start talking... <laughs> Physics, <laughs> astrophysics. Aren't you seeing the UV? UV. <laughs> okay, back to film. We know that, but everybody, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so, do you want to go out to the script, or do you want to keep talking? Because I did have, I there's a couple questions I thought of. Let's do the questions. Okay, let's do it. So I, I, I'm feeling great, by the way. I'm feeling great. Yeah, me too. But I'm just we're already an hour and forty nine. Which I guess is that that's long. very not long I feel at like all. We've been doing this for two hours and forty nine minutes. I thought it was two hours, but it's yeah. That's, I a, it was that's two. a one. Okay. <laughs> well, now it might be because that was like three minutes ago. Oh, it's all right. Anyways, uh, I always like to just you know ask this question, and we ask it all the time. But it's always fun to just kind of hear and catch up. What's the best film you've seen this year? And then what's the best film that has come out this year? Like how um, I separated it in two. <laughs> the best film I've seen this year. Ooh, I've seen some good movies this year. Yeah, so you feel like they were good, huh? Oh, you mean like, oh, you mean new releases? Yeah. Well, I mean a movie that you have seen this year that you were yeah. like, oh shit, this is great. I've been keeping, and then also new releases. I've been keeping a list of all the movies I've seen this year. Oh, damn. On Letterboxd. Let me look at the list real quick, everybody. Um, the best movie I've seen. Oh, I watched Straw Dogs for the first time this year. That was pretty fucking good. Oh, it's great. I didn't watch it because, well, I saw this uh, remake. No, uh, the original. Um, it's with Dustin Hoffman, right? Yep, Dustin Hoffman. Um, yeah, it's got Dustin Hoffman. Oh, I watched Onibaba this year. That was probably the best movie I've what the watched. Tony Baba. It's a Japanese film about this woman and her daughter-in-law. Are there's a feudal war going on, and they hide in these giant reeds, and they find injured samurai and murder them, and then throw oh, their shit. body down a well. Yeah. And the daughter and and this guy, the the samurai Ronin, comes and meets them, and is like like a neighbor kid but like his parents died so he comes and stays with uh the woman and the daughter-in-law and he starts like hitting on the daughter-in-law the mom wants to bang him nice. and so the mom starts getting jealous of the daughter-in-law because the man's forcing her to go off and fuck like out in the middle of the dark yeah and then he starts getting his own place back like he starts like rebuilding his his original house yeah, and then he like starts to start making her move in, but oh. they, the, they don't know if, uh, if her husband's alive or dead. So the woman goes down into the well 
where they've been bearing all the samurai and puts on all the masks of the samurai to like haunt her. And so she starts being freaked out and not fucking the dude. Yeah. So he's getting pissed. So she's going to like wear the armor and murder him to kind of like restore order. And so she's going to try to push him down the well. And she ends up not being able to take the mask off. She kills the guy, but she can't take the mask off. Like it like melted to her skin. And she like when she like peels it off and like kills her or some shit. And uh, she murders the daughter and the daughter murders her and shit. And it's fucking crazy. When did this come out? Like 1964. Oh, what? <laughs> that sounds oh, wild. spoilers for Onibaba. Yeah, definitely spoilers on that. But that was a wild fucking movie I watched this year. Wow. It was on Reco- Kasusha's recommendation, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. That oh, sounds the crazy. Movie, the, yeah, especially for the 60s. It's so fucking cool. The Japanese in the 60s were like the yeah. best films of all time. They also made banger after banger, you know? That was like the Korea of today. They were really killing it, right? Because especially in the US, they were just kind of... It was still like from the 50s, those kind of movies too. And then also just really experimental stuff, right? Well, the 60s were like the end of the Westerns and yeah. starting where... But the end, they didn't really find themselves till like the 70s. Yeah. So dang, so the Japanese killed it that year, huh? Those That decade. The 60s. Do, do you think... Because the French New Wave was the 50s, right? Yeah. So did they kill it that decade? Yeah. It was like the French, then the Japanese, and then and the then 70s, it was us. Back to the US. And then in the 80s, it was probably nobody. <laughs> <laughs> Is this time right now... Do you think it's the Koreans? I think it's the Koreans, yeah. I mean, it might be on the tail end because old boys might mark the beginning. Well, that was 20 years ago. Yeah, that's what I was going to yeah, say. So maybe we're entering in like a new hellscape. Well, I haven't really seen a lot. Of, oh, I mean, Parasite was, wasn't too long ago. Yeah, but that was the last like He's that kinda, I know of. I haven't seen too. Although well, I guess I don't hear a lot about it because, you know, well, because I was thinking I saw the devil. Yeah, but that was a long time ago. I know. That's, that's what almost, I'm saying. That movie's almost as old as Old Boy. No, it is not. I would say it's like three or four years apart. Then maybe Old Boy was a beginning and then it's been 10 years. So now nothing. 20. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. There's yeah. 10 years ago. Although they had Squid Game, dude. I don't know if you ever saw it. No, I never did. Uh, I loved it. And I don't normally watch TV series. And I'm really excited for the sequel like or the second ep- season. Dude, it was fun. You should check it out. It's pretty damn good. Yeah. It's pretty damn good. It's Korean. You can feel safe. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I have no doubt that it's not good. No. I I just end up always just rewatching Simpsons. That's Um, your go-to, huh? Yeah. Mine would either be It's Always Sunny or Curb. Yeah. I have a Treehouse of Horror playlist. We almost watch it every single night. Really? Almost. I, I... I can almost quote the Raven poem by heart because <laughs> <laughs> of the Simpsons. Song. Yeah, like once I I just have to hear it start, and then I can just do the whole episode. Like because I've wow, watched dude. it like every single night, yeah. and sometimes it's Star Trek, but most of the time it's Triassa Horror. I almost always wake up in the middle of the night to pee and like to have like uh, a Triassa Horror playing. Yeah, I love them. I love them. Uh, they're perfect to me. They're because they're Simpson parodies of amazing things. Yeah. And it's when Simpsons was parodying things the best. For the treehouse? Yeah. How long? Like the, 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 
Simpson Shining Trios of Horror episode, like yeah. that segment is almost as good as the goddamn movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Perfect sequel. Yeah. <laughs> like the perfect parody. Yeah. Like it's, it is so goddamn good. Well, let me ask you the more, not interesting, but maybe the more, um, God, I can't think of words. Why am I trying to say the, the more question? controversial one? Oh, was the best movie you've seen this year? Oh, the best movie I've seen this year that came out this year. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean by the- Oh my God. Can I have a second to look at what came out? Because sure, nothing is coming to mind. Well, that already says a lot. Well, I will say I have not seen Evil Dead Rise, which I am hoping I no, really I'm not, like. I'm just asking for a movie you've seen this year. And you will like it. Um, you won't say it's the best movie you've seen this year, though. Damn, dude. The best movie I've seen this year. Oh, I'm just looking at all this garbage. <laughs> God, what was it? Air was pretty good. Oh, okay. Um, I did like Air. God, that was a lot of good movies. Wow, a lot of these movies really suck, dude. <laughs> I didn't see Asteroid City. Oh yeah, Asteroid City. This is a bad year for movies. Um, yeah, I'm gonna say Air is the best movie I've seen this year. I really liked Air. Wow, that sounds so sad. Uh, <laughs> so the best movie I've seen this year, aside from Tar, because that's the most recent. I was trying to think, but I couldn't. Oh, and aside from the Criterion. Because, I mean, you know, we saw 12 Angry Men, which I I love a lot. I was going to say, I was going to try to, I was trying to look at a a movie I'd never seen before. Yeah, that's what I was trying to think. I I mean, because I watched like Alien this year. (laughs) I watched, I watched. I've uh, watched good movies this year that I've seen before, so I'm not going to count those. I don't know if, if I saw it this year, but it was close to the start of the year. But maybe Pink Flamingo? Pink Flamingo? Yeah, isn't it Pink Flamingos? No, John that's Waters? the casino. John Flamingo. Waters? What's it called? Pink. No, Pretty in Pink. Pretty. What, is, what is it called? John Waters, yeah. Yeah, Pink Flamingos. Oh, okay. You were looking at me like, what the fuck? No, I, no. Like I, oh, I, I think I had that's the, just my face right now. <laughs> I thought I had the title wrong. No, yeah, I I love that film, dude. No, that's a great one. Yeah, I fell asleep on it, but from what I saw, <laughs> I loved it. No, that's a great one. But Tar was really good that I've seen this year. Um, I I know I, there were some older movies that I was trying to watch because I'm just trying to, if I do watch a movie, and I'm not going to the movie theater. I kind of want to see, I don't know, like the classics, you know, because I'm envious of how many of the classics you've seen. And I'm like, oh, wow, that sounds really cool. I should watch that, huh? Like Sorcerer. Yeah. But other than Big that, Baba. but other than that, you've seen like 310 to Yuma and some oh, of yeah. those, more, you know, um, a lot of the well-known well, classics. Yeah, but you don't like the Westerns, but there's a lot. No, I do. What's the one with, uh, isn't it Cary Grant? Or Jimmy Stewart, High Noon. High Noon, yeah. Dude, that movie's so Jimmy Stewart. fucking rad. That's one of the raddest movies I've seen. Oh, yeah. I, I love Westerns when they're done well. I just... Oh, yeah. The good Westerns, like Once Upon a Time in the West. Come on, isn't that like just one of the best movies oh, ever? yes. Yes, without a doubt. Don't I you just think that about movie. that movie and you're like, wow, God, it's so good. That's one of my favorite movies I've ever seen. But 
Um, yeah, just Western isn't like the one I go to like for super. Well, no, maybe I go for superhero, but there's just certain ones, you know, just certain. But if it's good, I don't care. Why are we talking about this? I don't know, but I got a movie you should watch. Huh? Have you seen After Hours? Sounds familiar. Scorsese. Oh, okay. I almost want to do like a movie night with movies that uh, take place like in one night. Yeah. Because I, th- to me, that's those are my favorite. Oh, I love them. Like Collateral. Yeah. And I also love when movies are in real time. Yes. Like the movie Nick of Time. Yeah. Maybe it's not the greatest. I don't know. But just the fact it literally starts from this minute and ends at that minute. I had a, I've like, it's a, so fucking great, dude. I love that. Just I love I love that aspect of a film is when it's like that or uh, before sunrise. Although yeah. that's not. Yeah, that's just over the course of a day. So just in one night. Yeah. It's before sunrise. Yeah, that makes sense. It's not real time. That movie would be like 14 hours long. I'll stay with them. <laughs> uh, yeah, right? I probably would. Yeah, I'd be like, can I just tag be, along? <laughs> watching that, was, how sad is it that watching their uh, real life time is still the best day of your life? <laughs> that's Yeah, that's pretty sad. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, that's so funny. That would be so meta. <laughs> You know what movie I love and I was thinking about that gets shit on a lot? Her. Her is amazing. I don't Who think shit's it, on it. Uh, everyone, I was talking about it at work and everyone was like, her sucks. And I was like, I'm so sad. <laughs> that movie is so. Well, well, oh, I'm you know, more I, whiskey, so I don't know about it. I still have whiskey. I, I, no, always, I know, I know. I'm just saying, God damn, I'm going deep tonight. Or as deep as you want, buddy. But um, I liked her when I saw it the first time. Yeah. And then watching it again on the Criterion and just like, appreciating things more like even the set design in that and artistic direction yeah spike jones he's just he's a good uh what's the asteroid city guy wes anderson he's a good wes anderson oh yeah right oh yeah. like when wes anderson was making um rushmore yes they're those two they're in the same genre they're like this they they exist outside of genre right like like they're their uh, own thing yeah, like um, Bottle Rocket and Rushmore and Roland Hellenbombs. They're they're a genre. <laughs> yeah, they they are Wes Anderson movies. Yes, I mean it's a blend of so many genres that it becomes its own thing, right? You're yeah. it's it's a spaghetti of or it's a whatever the fuck you blend into Wes Anderson. Yeah, Wes Anderson, and uh, he falls into that category yeah because but he's so good him and spike not spike lee um <laughs> he's good too but oh, Sp- spike lee's good but spike jones spike jones yeah like those guys they're like you know they sit in the corner at a party <laughs> they <laughs> probably they might be the party they, i don't know they probably go out and smoke a cigarette and then like five chicks buck out there and they're like what's the meaning of life spike jones Oh, you know, sometimes it's you when that. my dick wakes up in the morning and I look at it and I think, life's great, isn't it? And I want to fuck you. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and then all five of them just start dripping out of their panties. 
Damn, Spike Jones. Yeah. And Wes Anderson, he's doing that. <laughs> <laughs> he's trying. <laughs> he used to. <laughs> he did once or twice. He used to. Oh, that's great. Yeah. But yeah, uh, <laughs> back to her and how great Spike <laughs> Jones is. Um, yeah, watching it again, I was like, holy shit, this fucking movie is amazing. It's it's a great fucking film. It's better than Oppenheimer. I don't know what that... What's the taxi cab driver's name? Skarsgård? Taxi driver's name? Yeah, because he said Oppenheimer was the best film in the past hundred years. Oh, Paul Schrader. Paul Schrader? I don't know, man. I did miss an hour of the movie. And thank God. <laughs> <laughs> you... I mean, I will say you did miss the best part. Oh, I can only imagine what you're going to say. Well, other than Florence Pugh's. <laughs> though I will say that it, this, I laughed so hard at this movie twice. You said superhero movie and I instantly thought of superhero Einstein. Brainiac. It, yes, superhero Einstein. And then the corniest thing I've ever seen in a movie happens in this movie, which automatically disqualifies it for being good or the coolest movie ever. Yeah. And you missed this part. Oh, really? And so you'll have to watch better it. than you'll have to watch the first hour of this when it better comes out than Brainiac stepping out of the showers. Oh, the shadows? oh yes. Wow. So when Oppenheimer is banging Florence Pugh, she's reading a book, the Bhagavad oh, yeah. ba- Gita. Yeah, and uh, she's uh, he's translating like the Hindu, and while she, while she's writing him naked in bed, he goes. I have become death destroyer of worlds. Oh, fucking. <laughs> I just cringed so hard. Well, it makes sense. They both exploded. <sighs> exactly. That's the point. It's the crudest, stupidest sex joke of all time. Yeah. And I was just like, uh oh. Strap <laughs> <laughs> in. <laughs> shit you're watching a nolan movie you're yeah. gonna he's gonna make you pay <laughs> daddy wants his money <laughs> yeah yeah wow now you kind of make me want to watch it again no just yeah to see that and then you watch the awkward scene where the woman his wife imagines him fucking her in the in front of all the men in the room and you just see his little balls dangling there. <laughs> you see Killian Murphy's balls for like a split second. You can see his nutsack. And then she's like Florence Pugh's like just riding him in, a, in the chair. And he's sitting there naked. Getting fucked by her. And the wife's just like, my husband cheated on me. <laughs> he's a bad man. <laughs> his name's Oppenheimer. <laughs> Why don't you fight for me, cocksucker? You know, like, you know? Yeah. And he, he's, you know, and then it turns, it's the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. I hated it so much, but it looked great. <laughs> yeah. But, except for the editing. Fuck, fuck the editing, but it looked great. Oh, yeah. That editing, it was so fast paced, right? Speak at three seconds. Yeah. It didn't make it three seconds, right? No. Nope. Save, but for a few shots. Oh, be cut. Cut, 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 cut. Oh, what? What? Eight seconds. It's like, Jesus. Like, yeah. that. God damn. Did, uh, I almost said a bad joke. 
but sure. but yeah, you know, Nolan and sex are just two things that don't seem to go together for some reason. No, right? yeah, like that's gross. Could you imagine Nolan just like, yeah, you like that? You like Oppenheimer? You want this bow? You know, I think is that his first nude scene? It feels like it. I guess Memento was in he nude in it a few times. Yeah, but there weren't boobies. I don't sex think. Sex scene? Oh yeah, sex scene. Uh, I don't recall a sex scene ever in his films. Do they bang in uh, Inception? Leo and what's her face? I can't remember. I think they do, but it's not like shown. Because they, well, they, they had a pretty good chemistry. But sex scene. I mean, she was under 25, so Leo was like, oh, <laughs> right. all right, all right. No, but they don't show a sex scene. They might have sex, but they don't show a sex scene. Oh, I thought they did. So there's, is there no, oh, Prestige has a sex okay, scene. Okay, I was going to say maybe Prestige. Prestige definitely has a sex scene, but I don't believe it has nudity because I think that movie's PG-13. I don't remember there being boobies. Maybe there's like a quick boobie. I don't think there's a lot of boobies. <laughs> <laughs> if any the at all. The booby meter did not go I up mean, very high on that one. Scarlett Johansson definitely does not show her boobies in that one. And the other chick, I can't remember what her name was. Because uh, they have like the two chicks that yeah. they bang. <laughs> they bang. <laughs> and it's like, because they're twins. His wife. They're both married, kind of. Yeah. Dang, his twin banged his wife. How weird is that? Like, I guess I got to bang your wife tonight, but she wants it. <laughs> she she told me every time, buddy. I don't know why every time I'm around. That's when I, she likes it. But I told her no, but she just touched me anyway, and I just happened to do it. And she just goes so wild. I don't know why she gets extra weird on those days. And then it's like she gets pregnant, and it's like, well, the hell one ain't mine. I'm out of here. <laughs> Although genetically, wouldn't that be? No. Come on. Wouldn't it? No. They'd be your identical twin brother's kid is not your son. Well, they would be brothers. Yeah, that would be his uncle. One of them's the uncle, but they don't know. But genetically, they would be like direct within the same family. Yeah, but one's not your dad, bro. They're both (laughs) your dad. You both got to call him Papa. Yeah, in this situation. It's like some weird Mormon shit. How did we get on this topic? We were talking about Nolan and sex. Oh, yeah. He doesn't really do that. He's like a weird guy. I think he probably like... uh, like, Do you think he he does it quietly? I think he like uh, fantasizes about fucking animals. (laughs) (laughs) He looks like the kind of guy that would wonder how big a step stool he'd need to fuck a horse. (laughs) You know a guy died that way? Yeah, well, the he wants fu- to do it the other way. The horse fucked him. Yeah, Nolan doesn't let the horse fuck him. <laughs> Jesus, man. But he probably reach arounds. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Beep. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, Nolan, see what you do to me. <laughs> Oh, shit. So, yeah. Um, okay. Did you have any other questions, buddy? No, that's it. How about you? Mm, I'm good. I think uh, let's turn to the script. So, if you had read... Dang, dude. How many pages is this? Oh, it's like 17 or 18. <laughs> so, if you had read uh, 
read, if you had listened to the previous podcast to the end, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm assuming there's no one here now, but you know, that's true. There's a chance, I guess. There's probably one desperate friend of ours that wants to be prove their worth (laughs) by making it here. And we do believe that you are worthy. Um, But uh, previously, (laughs) you made it this far, which it was a much shorter time. So maybe you actually made it. We read text episode six, but Stephen had the option of picking one or the other. Yes. And so we were reading in order. And so this is text episode seven. We're all fucked anyway, written by not Steve. Okay. And on last week's episode, you said that this was one of your favorites to write because of how disgusting it is. Yes. Um, so there are, you have, we have, there's a couple, there's a lot of voices we have to do. Oh, I'm sorry. That's why I didn't pick it last time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of voices we have to do. Um, and when we get there, you're going to be the, whatever the one that is attracted to me and I'll be the one that's attracted to you. It's either green or pink. I can't remember which one was attracted to who at this moment. So when we get there, you'll know your character. But for now, you're Steve and I am Tom. Am I reading the action then? You want me to read the action? I can read it if you want. Sure. You're always great at reading the action. Uh-huh. Interior mid-lab mid-shift. Steve sat behind the counter tapping a pencil on the table. Tom was sitting behind one of the workstations reading the news. Aliens. Goddamn aliens. Dude. Aliens. If you say alien one more time, breaks off the tip of the pencil. I'll snap you in half. This is monumental. It's a stork. It's literally the biggest discovery since fireman. Since the fucking bomb. It's all bullshit. Until E.T. lands on my dick. Pushes the bottom half of the door open, making the suck it sign from wrestling. <laughs> That's me, uh... Yeah. <laughs> Dude, all a government ploy. This is the giant squid. Some assholes will use that to make a bunch of money. Everyone will call it fake inside job. Miracle of God. We'll go to war with Iran for some reason, and in 10 years, we'll just be back to having senators jerk each other off, making fun of each other. Do you think this is seriously any different? Well, I want it to, buddy. Why you gotta bring it up like that? (laughs) Dude, you're not that dumb. Look, outside, you think aliens, real fucking aliens, would be cool with us capturing them? Shit. Little green men zapping hobos and rednecks left and right. Totally not real. 100% zero chance. It's a distraction. Some shady government guy is moving a huge pile of cash to the next Epstein Island right now. Steve grasps the squeaky office chair and scoots over to Tom. Yeah, you're probably right. But isn't that the boring answer? Isn't that the same shit, different day kind of shit that just, I don't know, makes you want to do a massive amount of drugs and forget the world? I mean, it's all just an escape from this existence, which on the surface is just that existence. No magic, no ghosts, no demons, no sexy alien babes. Just as Tom finishes his statement, 
a blinding white light shoots into the lab from the side door. Steve shading his eyes. Ah, the sun, the sun, it burns. The light fades as the door to the outside closes. Two smoking hot babes stand at the hallway entrance of the lab. Oh, this is what you meant by pink or green wants to fuck one of us. Yeah. Each of us. Yeah. Individual one, uh, the other. Yeah. But you don't know who's who. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll know by the time we read this, I'm sure. That's funny. Uh, yeah, you're cool. Wait, I didn't get that far. Two smoking hot babes stand at the hallway entrance to the lab. They're wearing sexy translucent plastic outfits. One pink, the other green. Green. I call green. Fuck. You always call the blonde. Fine. Pink. Okay, so you're pink. I'm green. Okay. Two mysterious, very hot women walk over. Their long white boots look like something out of a 70s disco movie. Who am I? You're pink. Who, me? <laughs> we heard you two talking. We think you're a bit out of line. About what? The green-dressed woman, woman glides over to Steve. Aliens, of course. <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> I mean, look at us. We don't pick up hobos or rednecks. Tom and Steve exchange sharp glances. What did you do? Steve picks up his mug. It's been sitting on the desk. He shifts it. What did you put in my fucking mug? I thought we talked about this. No more drugging my fucking morning coffee. It's not morning and I promised you I wouldn't do that again. After the last time (laughs) you sat in the back of the office and hid under the table crying about status. (sighs) Status is licking your wiener. And leaving a chalky-like residue all over it. Statues. Licking your wiener. I decided that wasn't a good idea. I'm trying to be a better friend. The only thing in your mug is whatever the fuck you call coffee. All right. So if you both are really here, stand on one foot. The two oblige. The blonde pink dressed one grabbed and lifted her leg almost impossibly up her back. This revealed a very tight camel toe. <laughs> I'm, you're green, right? Yeah. We aren't here to listen to your orders. Now get up. We're leaving. Isn't this story being a bit rushed? We don't even know your names. Call me green. And you, pink? Steve pointed to pink, who slowly lowered her leg until it perfectly touched the ground. Both Tom and Steve watched amazed. Okay, let's go. It will be loads of fun for you two. And uh, for you, uh, will you be having fun too? Entirely. (laughs) (laughs) This is why I said this was going to be a hard script. Is that your sexy voice? <laughs> could, you, could you do a little better? <laughs> Jeez. I'm not Come on, baby. Make it sexy. I'm trying. Are you going to make it sexy too, baby? <laughs> I thought I must. <laughs> <laughs> that entirely depends on you. Oh, my God. That sounds even worse. That entirely depends on you guys. Now let's ditch this lab and get to our lab. Green grabbed Tom, who tried to struggle. But Green was much too strong. 
It is unclear if Green has superhuman alien strength <laughs> or if Tom was, in fact, <laughs> a little bitch. These things do tend to work out for us in some way, buddy. I have a feeling we'll end up at the Del Taco dumpster before this is all over. P.U. Stinkies! No dumpster for you, darling. Pink grabs Steve, who is pulled down the hallway. The two babes drag Tom and Steve out into the bright white light. Cut to interior spaceship minutes later. The interior of the ship looked like an affordable budget for Tom and Steve to, to produce if they ever actually shot this short. Meaning A, cartons with LED lights lining the walls of a tool shed with a green screen gaff tape to the back wall. Recovering from the blinding white light, Steve looks around, touching the cheap-looking walls. Your ship is kind of a shithole. Also, it's really hot in here. Don't you have an AC or something? Oh, honey. <laughs> we can't afford an AC, silly. This is the best we could get. You mean you don't like it? You don't even have any seats. Like, where were we supposed to sit down? Green pointed to the floor. In fact, the floor wasn't even a floor. It was a series of giant beanbag chairs. Lava lamps were the only light in the shed. Tom plopped onto the beanbag and sank in. Just make yourself at home. You do realize we weren't, we aren't in space? These aren't aliens? In fact, that green screen is just a green screen. It isn't showing anything. Why do you have to have a stick up your ass, dude? This is awesome. Sure, it's a hot tin can, but... When in our lifetime would we ever be approached by two very attractive ladies, these two ladies, this isn't heaven, but it's close. Oh, this isn't heaven, but thank you for your kind words. Steve, you are correct. This isn't a spaceship at all. It's just a shed. We knocked you unconscious and brought you here. How is that, you hard now, bitch? (laughs) (laughs) Steve rubbed his neck a small amount of a red gooey substance attached to his finger. He rubbed them together, sniffing. This isn't even blood. It's just ketchup. Why the subterfuge? You two are so hot, you could get Tom to eat his own socks. The two aliens looked at each other, smiling. Oh, really? Why don't you take a seat, Steve? Steve cautiously sat on the beanbag chair. He sunk in. Immediately after doing so, straps zoomed, uh, straps zoomed across both men, and they were trapped to the beanbag. Don't struggle. These are Tesla brand seatbelts. No one can break, escape these things. Tom's broke immediately. You fools. <laughs> Pink pressed a button on the cardboard panel. Another set of seatbelts flew over Tom and Steve. These are Volvo brand seatbelts. Tom gulped. <laughs> what do you want with this? Uh, this is some weird... Butt stuff bullshit. Just know we are totally into that. Green laughed way too much. It sounded like a bad fake laugh. Steve, you are rather perceptive. I like that. I'm glad that you picked me. We're going to have a oh lot God, of fun. Oh, God, you're green? <laughs> <laughs> I thought I had pink. You are pink. No, <laughs> no you're fucking green. <laughs> yes, we are going to do some butt stuff with you. Sweat began to pour down Steve's forehead. Some butt stuff. <laughs> he was lying about being into butt stuff. 
Tom smiled. He was totally <laughs> into that. Why, though? I mean, yay, but why? <laughs> Pink places her white boots on Tom's chest and unzips it, pulling out her dirty feet. Oh, no, please don't tell me Tarantino is also an alien. <laughs> no, but I want to be a little more comfortable before my monologue. Oh, fuck off. Seriously? Just let us go. Fuck off. <laughs> Listen, we have seen some shit. This won't end well for you two. Just know that if you let us go, we'll not say anything. How? We'll probably get blackout drunk tonight and forget it even happened. Green removed her boots and rubbed her dirty feet on Steve, <laughs> using her feet to rip off his shirt. Panic. No, not my man titties. Oh, you no, don't, not these. You don't like that, huh? Ugh. You don't like when I rub your man titties? No, please. Green massages Steve's nipples with her dirty big toe. <laughs> I have so many questions. So many. You see, we capture men. Men like you. Tie them to these beanbag chairs and do things to them. It's just we're bored. We've lived for eons, traveled every galaxy, escaped the very massive black hole at the center of the universe. It caused time to stop. Now we are just so very bored. Many... We get it, but you just said this isn't a spaceship. Why are you using a shed? (laughs) If you would have let me finish... (laughs) Green gag him, please. Green shoved her toes in Steve's mouth. (laughs) He coughed a little, but instinctively started sucking on them. Good boy. This is getting a little sexual, even for our show. Shut it. Now listen, this has been fun, but we don't have forever. Well, we do. But you don't know. Wait. But you don't, and I'm already (laughs) getting a little bored of this game. Green nods and presses another button on the cardboard panel. The lights all shut off, complete darkness. Loud, very expensive sounds begin whirling around. If it wasn't pitch black, Tom and Steve would certainly need another loan. Can you believe this is only halfway? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) You done sucking on that toe, buddy. (laughs) Oh God. (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty nice toe, buddy. All right, fine. Let's just get in. Have some fun and go to Jocko's later. All right, look. Who comes? Wait, hold on. Oh, look who comes around after you get stuck on some toe. You ain't the, you ain't too You are too predictable, buddy. Don't forget they said they were going to put things in our butts. Giggling in the darkness, the lava lamp comes back to light. The pink and green colors clash. Oh, wait. Hi there. Greenum, do you like it when I sucked your toe? Oh, fuck. <laughs> Careful there, buddy. I'm doing good. The script's way better than the last one. <laughs> this script gives me hope, buddy. <laughs> At this point, you're just drinking water. That's like a Winston Churchill drink. <laughs> he would do like those highball glasses. He'd do like seven eighths water and then like one eighth uh, uh, Johnny Walker red, like six of them. <laughs> really? Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. And he was just drunk all day. <laughs> but a respectable drunk. I, I mean, like a 
crazy man drunk. But yes, go ahead and let's uh, read. Let's just take it from the top. Green smiled. Green just smiled. Green just smiled. She was holding a remote. It had a lock and unlock button on it. Looked just as cheap as the rest of the set. It's time for the main event. So soon. So it's been five minutes. Maybe even less than that. These these stories really are too quick, huh? Okay. Enough meta commentary. We are over our limit. Unseen to the camera, but even seen to Steve and Tom's anuses. <laughs> The beanbags opened up, revealing tubes with four little fingers. <laughs> Rip. Perfect round holes. Rip. Oh, okay. Sorry. Four little fingers rip perfect round holes in each of their jeans. Not cool. Ah, <laughs> I hate green, baby. I sucked your toes. <laughs> Please. We don't got to make any mistake here. I mean, no offense. Tom breathed slowly, patiently. The cold metal claws tickled the butthole. <laughs> Steve lifts himself away. The seat. Steve lifts himself away. The seat Tesla belt snaps, flinging and slapping Green directly in the face. Her perfect makeup and dark eyeliner skewed. Now you've done it, gone and fucked it all up. Green wipes at his face, looking in the mirror. Her cool dark eyeliner smudged slightly. Steve, baby, why don't you trust me, baby? But my butt. We are so fucked. We're all fucked anyways. <laughs> Steve closes his eyes tight. A blinding white light fills the room. It's one of those cheap star wipes built in transitions. Cut to exterior outside the lab night. Laying on the ground, feet to feet, looking up at the sky, Tom and Steve lay back. Hey, buddy. You okay? A note pinned to Tom's chest. He pulls it off, ripping his shirt a little. He lays back and reads it. Sorry, babes. But we can't do this. Totally uncool to mess with Green's makeup. Maybe some other time when she gets over the embarrassment. Tom shrugs and tosses the paper to the side. He sits up, his bare ass cold against the concrete. Well, that was close. You know you cock-blocked both of us, dude. Totally not cool. They were going to fuck us in the ass. What part of that was cool? Man, buddy, dude, bro, I am certain after the anal probing, they would have let us play with their sexy alien boobies. Now we just have to buy some new jeans and you need a shirt. Steve lay there bare chested. The shirt had blown away. Our green kept it. It's not entirely. Wait, it's not really clear. So, aliens, huh? Told you. That you did. Jockos. Jockos. Cut. Hey, you want to go Jockos? <laughs> <laughs> Cut to a tear Jockos 20 minutes later. Steve wore a shirt that was nearly a crop top and tight. It did make him look ripped. Barely. They stood at the entrance in a small circular hole, safely pinned their butt flaps closed. The bartender in her 20s looked over. She recognized the two. She, snarled, she nodded, smiled at them both and grabbed the new bottle of Dewar's from under the shelf. She poured two-thirds the glass and one-third with water. Tom and Steve took their seats, both down the glass instantly, slamming it on the table. Two more, Bree. Stat. Uh, just like in the story. <laughs> Tom slid his card over the table. Man, what the fuck was up with that shed? 
Dude, they were like redneck hobo aliens. Dude, what? But they were pretty fucking hot, right? I know, right? Like um, popping an ice cube in his mouth. God damn, dirty feet, red hobo <laughs> aliens, man. Bree refilled the glasses and took the card. Thanks, Bree. The bar was rather empty with only a handful of patrons. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. Also, raising my glass to the ceiling. Cheers, green. Cheers, pink. The door flung open. A bright white light shone into the bar. You just had to open your mouth. How how would I know? Except green and pink did not enter. In fact, it was two men wearing the exact same clothes as green and pink. Except the boots. These guys were barefoot. Y'all got some splaining to do. You're fucked up my cousin's sweet eye makeup. Tom just slammed his head on the bar. Oh, fuck. Not tonight. Squeal piggy. <laughs> Bree looked back and forth at the two weirdly dressed men and Tom and Steve. You got three seconds to get the fuck out of here. Steve downed his drink. <gasps> you must obey. It's only like a few pages left. I'm drunk. I suck some dirty toe tonight. And I still can't get that fucking taste out of my mouth. Do you guys walk around stepping on cow shit all day? My cousin has glorious feet. They are so pretty. So pretty. I've never had to honor myself. Tom slams his drink and the two stand up. The alien men squared up against them. We don't want to fight. Especially not you two. We just agree that you kicked our asses and you go brag about it to your cousins and then suck their toes and just, you know, leave us out of it. Yeah, go back to your whole dunk. Hail Billy White trash shed lava lamp living shithole and fuck off. Green and pink males slam their fist into Tom and Steve's faces. Another shitty star white transition. Cut to exterior Del Taco dumpster morning. Laying in the dumpster surrounded by ketchup and hot sauce packets, Tom and Steve slowly woke up, each with a note pinned to their chest. Steve pulled his note off first. Y'all are assholes. Trash belongs in the dump. Sincerely, green and pink. Steve wasn't certain if it was a man or female that left the note. He stretched and stood up kicking Tom awake. Tom's eyes opened and he stood up. The note on his chest had his debit card pinned to it, tucked his card into his pocket, and read the note. Sorry you didn't get to finish your drink. I guess next time. Oh, by the way, closed out your tab. Thanks for the generous tip. Love, Bree. A little heart is drawn next to the name. Tom scratches his head. How much did you tip? Uh, no idea, but I want some tacos. Steve stands there frozen. Tom holds the door open for Steve. <laughs> Where are we? Did I skip us? You page? skipped a page. Oh, I did? Oh, there's more? Yeah. No, Del Taco morning. Yeah, at the top. Let's get a taco. Then let's get a taco. You say that? Oh. Okay, okay. Sorry. <laughs> I say I want some tacos. Then let's get a taco. 
steam <laughs> vaulted over the rusty old dumpster. I, I want you to say in a specific way. Can I direct this a little bit? Can I show our Shit. audience how I direct a little bit? No. Yeah, so when okay. I when this line was written, uh, it was you're supposed to m- uh, mimic a character in a film. This is from Reservoir Dogs. Harvey Keitel. After he they're sitting in the car together, casing out the joint. And he's like, "Fuck it, let's get some tacos." So I want that reading. Can you do that? Fuck it, let's give us some tacos. <laughs> How does he do it? See, then that's how I might ask. Because I don't know how to act. Fuck it, let's get a taco. So, kind of like... Yeah. Right. Then let's get a taco. No, you're not happy. I can see it in your face. Where's Benicio? (laughs) Goddamn stand-in is trying to act again. No. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is how he directs it. Then let's get a talk. Let's get a talk. Let's get a talk. All right. It's then a let's bat- get a taco. All right. It's fine. Let's just continue on. Let's get a taco. Steve vaulted over the rusty old dumpster and stumbled his fist. His first few steps as a bright morning sun baked his face. Tom followed after brushing dried sauce packets off his clothes. Cut to interior del taco morning. Tom walked up to the counter. He smelled from sleeping in the dumpster all night. He smelled from sleeping in the Yeah. The del taco employee recognized him as this happened every so often. She put her hands on her hips. Three breakfast tacos and water, <laughs> which you will use to fill up with soda, right? Yeah, the regular... Tom taps his card. It beeps an unfamiliar sound. Decline. <laughs> no, no, fuck. What? Jesus, how much did you have? I had like three grand in my account. I was rich. Quite the tip, buddy. Here, I'll get your breakfast. God damn it, that bitch stole all my money. Steve tapped his card with the same annoying sound to follow immediately after. Shit, dude. Sorry. Uh, cancel. Like, then I guess we don't. Have any money? Steve stands there frozen. Tom holds the door open for Steve. We uh, gotta get out of here. Cut to interior Jocko's parking lot. Morning moments later. Bree sat outside the bar smoking a cigarette. Her shirt was a bit torn, torn and her jeans ripped. Tom and Steve rushed over. Hey, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> 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 yeah, you can make fun of me, huh? Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> you want me to get that one again? Show some actual concern. <laughs> hey, what the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I know Ryan God would not tell you that. All right, Jesus! All I hear is the <laughs> sound of my fucking lips. <laughs> hey, what the fuck, man? Yeah, startled Bree popped up. Her ass had a round hole. <laughs> oh, you didn't. Yeah, I did. 
Sorry about your cash. The guys wanted some hats and with beer cans on them. Fucking redneck aliens! Motherfucker! Goddamn! Sucking motherfucking son of a bitch! God damn it! Tom shook his fist at the sky. Well, how was the butt stuff? It, it, it was butt stuff. Bree shrugged. Fade out the end. Next time on text, the boys get some real work done. <laughs> well, buddy, what did you think of that one? Tex episode seven, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Quite outdoing yourself, huh, buddy? <laughs> I think that was a pretty good one. Oh, yeah. Definitely one to remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you like this one way better than Froggy's, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. This one is, it's, it's almost like, because I wrote these on the same day. Yeah. I wrote six and then I finished that short story. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to write text seven. <laughs> yeah. And I did that all in one day. And then uh, as I was writing seven, I was like, God damn, this is actually pretty fucking good. And then I was thinking, wow, I'm surprising myself by how much I like this. Yeah. But in, uh, six, I was just like, eh, I had already talked. I already talked about this a little bit with you guys. So it was just one that had been stuck in my head. But seven, I was just like, this is actually do that. I was like, let's make this one. You want to suck on a toe, buddy? (laughs) Yeah. I think we could get a good cast for green and pink. Oh, I'm sure we could get the best, buddy. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Let's, I mean, it's for art, right? A man must sacrifice himself (laughs) for his art. It's a sacrifice. It's so, it's a very bad sacrifice. Well, We're sponsored by Liquid IV. (laughs) (laughs) And we need it. Why? Liquid IV, we needed it. We needed it. So go to, uh, if you're like us and you uh, you, um, partake along in either in meditation through our voices or uh, through other means like we did, which are probably not recommended. I actually I recommend it. You know what? Release your soul. Have a spirit. But you know what? Be responsible and drink liquid IV. Be, <laughs> be responsible <laughs> and drink liquid IV. <laughs> oh, that was great. I'm really on fire tonight. I don't want the episode to end because it's like, but then I'm also thinking about that episode of Seinfeld where George learns that he needs to leave while the, the joke is high. <laughs> <laughs> Really? Yeah. So he's like, he'll say something really funny, yeah. but then he'll say something again and he loses the room. Yeah. So he needs to learn to leave the first time. So yeah. he starts practicing and like, and he says something really funny and he's like, nope, I'm out of here. <laughs> Thanks everybody. Have a good day. He just leaves <laughs> in the middle of the meeting at work. <laughs> so I, I think that's what I'm doing right now. Though I want a podcast for like two more hours because I'm like feeling great and having a good time. But uh, we need to go and do some editing. Can you fill it up? Can we do it? What We're on the record. I'm down. Yeah. Are they good? Yeah, they're all asleep. Okay. Let's do it. Cut. <laughs>